You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now, in this very room. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Huh? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? We kicked its ass. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Film Feast podcast. I am your host, Matt Bledsoe. Uh, this week, we are talking about Blade and Blade 2. Uh, and to help me talk about it, I am happy to be joined once again by one of my favorite guests people talk movies with. It's Carmelita Valdez McCoy. Carmelita, how you doing? Matt, the feeling is so mutual. It is always a pleasure. It's good it's to good. talk movies with you. I'm I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm excited too. Uh, I just realized during the intro, did I say my name? <laughs> did I say <laughs> I did it? I totally because I didn't write it down. <laughs> this is behind the curtain, people. <laughs> I didn't write any of this down, so I feel like I missed something. Oh well, I. <laughs> it's it's like I do the intro so much. That's why I write it down because if I don't write it down, then I just right. Start. Well, and I hear the intro so much. Yeah, you're just that it sounded complete to me. It sounded complete. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But maybe I've heard it too many times. Maybe I'm unreliable. The funny thing is, this is the three year anniversary of this podcast, and I may have just <laughs> fucked up the intro or not even know if I did it correctly. Three years, and it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's right and it's all for nothing. Anyway. That leads me to, I was planning to take a longer break. I kept talking about taking hiatus. I don't know people think I'm like the boy that cried hiatus because I keep like saying it and then coming back. <laughs> but no, I really was going to. And then I looked at the calendar and I have like a reminder, like my phone. It was like the, oh, three year anniversary was actually September 25th when this episode is dropping was the first day we dropped the first episode of the podcast. So I was like, I got to come back for that. I was like, that's a big deal. Three years. Um, so Yeah. To celebrate that, talking about two of my favorite movies of all time, most watched movies of all time. I don't know how Carmelita feels about them. That's the funny thing. I just kind of threw this out at you and was like, well, you threw this out at me. Sorry. And then I picked Blade, but then I was like, I and Blade 2? And like, can we just get both and not talk about Blade Trinity? <laughs> Although I'm sure it'll come yeah, up. Yeah, folks, we're not we're not talking about Blade Trinity. I'm sure it'll come up, yeah, come up but not in a positive way. Uh, so we'll see. Um no. But yes. Well, anyway, thank you for being here for this. It's a big episode, <laughs> I guess. Uh, well, hey, wait, wait. <laughs> Slow your roll. Okay. Congratulations <laughs> thank on you. three years of Film Feast. As a dedicated listener myself, I want to say thank you for all the joy that you bring to us every week with the podcast. That is very nice of you. I really appreciate that. Uh, I try. I'm just goofing off over here. This is the people. The fact that people listened at all to any of this is like still mind blowing. I'm like, people listen to this, and people from. I mean, if the 
if the stats are right on like Podbean, which I used to host like all over the world, which is really crazy. Um, yeah. Like that is bananas when I think about it. Like it's just a thing I did off the cuff like three years ago. And it's like... that's the beauty of Film Feast, my friend. Yeah. You've created <laughs> a wonderful thing. Wow. Well, thank you. This is I really you appreciate have. that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And what you're at what now? 130 episodes? Oh, God. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> now, does that include is, the unscottable? Well, that's I fucked up and didn't like properly number like the first, I don't know, six, seven unscottable episodes. They were unnumbered. So like, I don't know exactly, but so yeah, we're 130 like a, plus 130 we'll plus is, the, is what we should say. Yeah. 130 plus. <laughs> so a that's lot an of achievement, episodes. my friends, a lot of episodes. I was looking back. What was it? I was looking through the episode for some reason. I sounds bad but i was like oh god i forgot an episode on that movie like i'm not gonna name, like just because you do so many after a while yeah just like a grind week to week and it's like after you look back and you go oh yeah we did do that like it's almost it's just weird to think about um i can't even fathom people that have done like four five hundred six hundred podcast episodes because it almost just yeah. be like an insane blur like um i would hear like <laughs> Like talk show hosts talk about like they have like no memory. People say like, oh, I love when so-and-so show. I'm mean, like, I don't remember. I could totally believe that now because I went to like 130 of these sure. and forget. There's stuff. no way you're going to remember everything. And they've done like thousands. <laughs> so I'm just like at 130. I'm like, oh, yeah, that happened. Um, But uh, <laughs> I'm looking you and I, our first conversation was episode 20. Can I can I guess or can I try to it was seven, wasn't it? No, what? not the hold first on, one. On. The first oh. one was Mandy. That was the first. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. I think it was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Seven. We did not too long after episode 32. Okay. That's probably why I thought that. I didn't realize Mandy was that early. Or I thought it was later. Ugh. No, that was the very <laughs> first. Our mutual love of Nicolas Cage <laughs> brought us together. And now we're going to be friends for life. <laughs> Nicholas Cage bonds people. He really does. I uh He does. I think it's okay to say this. It's not my story, but like I was talking to Keith, Keith Rich on the show many times, and he was just telling me the other day that on Fridays, he and his wife Suzanne send each other Nick Cage gifts all day. It's Nick Cage Friday. <laughs> that's like beautiful. That's how they celebrate Friday. And I thought that was I thought it was beautiful too. I was like, this is wonderful. <laughs> Can I get it on this? I love um, it. <laughs> So not to steal their thing, but I was like, that's such a great idea. Um, so yeah, uh, Nick Cage bonds all of <laughs> So um, yeah, we've done so many episodes now. I mean, you specifically have done so many episodes. Yeah. But um, yeah. I should have counted. For which I am very grateful to be invited back because I always have such a good time on Film Face. Yeah, well, thank you very much. This is very nice. <laughs> so uh, I mean, we should probably do what we usually do on this show too and talk about well, it. Let's do it. Lately, before we do Blade and Blade 2. So, uh, what have you been watching lately? So, I mean, I watch a lot of things, but I'm bringing a couple of things to the table horror movies because spooky season is upon us. October is right around the corner. If folks are trying to figure out what they're going to watch, when they get done rewatching the same old thing they watch every year, maybe you want to try something different. So I, I have a couple that I really enjoyed. And I'm going to add these to my repertoire of <laughs> horror movies that I'll rewatch kind of every year. So the first one is Moloch 
from 2022. It's directed by Nico Vanderbrink. It's a Dutch folk horror film. Have you seen this one? I've not even heard of this one. <laughs> okay. So. It's on Shudder. So if you have access to Shudder, then you have access to Moloch. It's really cool. It's like this lady, she and her parents and her child go to this home where they had lived previously it's on the edge of a bog in the Netherlands and someone breaks into the house and then all this weird stuff starts happening. So it's like the mystery of what is happening in this village, what is happening in the bog. It's really cool. So it's got like the mystery aspect of it. There's uh, some archeologists that are nearby doing like a dig and so you get the science aspect of it and other people in the community that believe in the supernatural. And there's a lot of allusions to folk traditions in the area. It's very cool. Okay. Very much I, enjoyed it. Yeah. I think the first time I'd heard of it, you probably posted about it on uh, Twitter <laughs> and I didn't know what probably. it was. Like, how do you, I try to spell it M-A-L- A.K. How do you then did not come up with anything? <laughs> no, M O L O C H. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Okay, just keep we're looking for it like I was and like had no idea how to <laughs> to spell that. Yeah, it's um, a good time. Okay. Yeah, I kind of watch more folk horror because between you and like Daniel, I feel like there's been a lot of folk horror talk. So I kind of get on that. But because, I so, love I, it. It's I one really of my favorite of things. I, yes, I know. I well, I know you love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's. It's a it's a smaller slice of the genre. Right, right. But I, in recent years, I've noticed more and more folk horror films. It does feel like made. there's been more. I don't know what that comes from. I'm curious. Like I wonder like if there was that's just a trend or something's in the air once doing folk horror. But I don't know. I, don't know. I I'm excited about it. I love it. <laughs> Makes me happy. Yeah. Did you get that box? Because there's usually like a there's a blend of like history. Mm-hmm. Typically, because you're talking about people's folk tradition. So there's usually some blend of 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 history and lore and oftentimes the supernatural, but not always. And supernatural horror is like my favorite. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did you get that box set from Severin? That was like the folk horror. I box did. Set? Yes. OK, I thought you picked that up. I, I like, did. I don't, of course like, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, I mean, it looked really cool. I just, again, somebody who hasn't watched much folk horror, I was like, I don't know if I can drop the money on this, but it looked like a really nice set of, of movies. So. Well, you know, the documentary that's included. Oh, yeah, yeah. In that is on Shudder, and it talks about the films that are in the box set because the box set oh. is kind of <laughs> patterned after what's discussed in that documentary. So, okay. um, what's it called? Uh, All the Haunts. Oh, is it? Is it the same yes. as a, it's like all the haunts BRs or yes, <laughs> it's some, it's something that, that that one? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I need to, yeah, I need to watch That's that. That's on Shutter. And so watch that documentary. It'll talk about the films that are in the box set, and then you kind of have an idea of Okay. You know, yeah. whether or not and you want to pursue it. But those kind of documentaries usually get me interested to watch like all the movies in the documentary. Yes. <laughs> like they start giving you little clips, you're like, what's that? What's that? I gotta see that. Um so I need to probably watch that sometime this October, September, sometime spooky season. Um, so, okay. Uh, very cool. What, what else have you seen lately? 
So I have another one that's kind of folky, but it's vampires because we're talking about vampires tonight. It's a <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, vampire from 2021 directed by Branko Tomovic. And it's a it's a vampire film. It's kind of got a folk horror element because it's set in a small Serbian village. It's like this kind of European art house vampire movie. But oh, okay. most of the dialogue, the main character only speaks English. So they're, they're, you don't have to read subtitles <laughs> the whole film oh. because he speaks English. And the villagers in this small rural Serbian village speak Serbian, but none of that is subtitled. Oh, okay. Because you're not supposed to know what they're saying mm, unless you okay. speak Serbian because <laughs> the main character doesn't know what they're saying. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So it kind of feeds into that feeling of the isolation and yes. being yeah. the odd man out in this rural community. But basically the story is this, this guy is kind of trying to get away from it all, except a caretaker job in this small village in Serbia. And very quickly is noticing like something is off in the village. It's not a spoiler to tell you that the something that's off is vampires because it's in the title. So that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not really so hiding that no one. surprise yeah. there, <laughs> but it's, you know, small budget film, but really effective, really well done. I thought it was, I thought it was a good time. Very cool setting, like this rural mm. village and, and he's surrounded by people who speak a language he doesn't speak. And and that adds to that feeling of like, oh, right. my God, get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Like, you don't know what's going on. You're isolated. And yeah, that sounds mm -hmm. OK. That one sounds pretty cool. Is that one on Shutter yeah. too? Or I think it might be. OK. <laughs> I did catch it streaming. Anyways, but yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> cool add cool. it to add it to your spooky season watch list <laughs> oh yeah i probably already has too much stuff on it but i'll add more i'll never stop adding <laughs> since my watch list it's like oh it's like a joke well how the... big is the watch list now oh god it's like an 1800 movies or that's not and that's not a spooky season pared down that's like the whole watch list so sure. i'd have that's to go everything. in there and, yeah yeah just go down pare it down to horror it'd probably be like maybe it's like 500 i don't know so I don't it's know. It's out of control. It was just I can't. I hear something interesting. I'm like, add. It's fine. Just throw it on there. It's like I don't think about it that much. I'm just like I want to remember it later. It is fine. It is fine. Not taking up physical space. You can anywhere. you can add as many <laughs> as you want on there. True. There's no way. Doesn't matter how <laughs> long or short the watch list is. You never like clear it completely out. Right. There's always new stuff coming out or new stuff you hear about. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. I felt better. There was some like thread on like a letterbox page, Twitter or something. Letterbox was like, how many films are in your watch list? And it was just all over the place. Some people were like 12 and it was what? And then some people were like 6,000. I was like, Jesus Christ. That's just like, I want to watch every movie ever made. And then I felt better. My 1800, I saw people like 2,000, <laughs> 3,000, 4. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, see, it's not that bad. It's so, all relative. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, anything else you want to talk about or? No, that's what I got. Okay. Let's see. I got my letterbox because I didn't write anything down. <laughs> so, um, okay. 
two newer things I saw. Um, I watched a movie from this year. That this poor movie got buried because it came out the same weekend as Barbenheimer. Uh, oh, don't know what they sorry, were. Sorry, guys. Yeah, a movie called Cobweb. Uh, okay. With I haven't seen it yet, but I've been wanting to. Lizzie Kaplan, Anthony Starr, uh, directed by a guy named Samuel Bowden, who I've never heard of before. I don't think he's directed a feature before, which surprised me because this was really well made. I really, really liked this movie. I thought it was really good. It was like, per if you want like fall Halloween vibes, it's got great, like, it's got great autumn, <laughs> autumn vibes. Uh, it's, it's like, so I, re it's one of the movies, it's like a cop out, but I don't want to say too much about it because it's like, has all these twists and turns and I didn't really know. I didn't know what was going on. I don't think I ever saw like a, I think I saw like a, maybe a teaser, like a quick, like little trailer, but it's basically about a little boy who is like very isolated and like kind of like, you know, has no friends and kind of just like a sad little kid. And his parents are kind of controlling, uh, played by Lizzie Kaplan, Anthony Starr. And they're really good at being creepy too. <laughs> like they do all these little things. Oh, nice. Like they seem like nice parents almost, but then they're like a little controlling, a little creepy. But something's um, off. Something's definitely off. Like, uh, and like the kid starts, I'll say, hearing voices. And how much more do I want to say? <laughs> like, um, it goes places I didn't expect. Uh, it, I think it's very well shot. Like it's very well made. Like it's, it's stuff you've seen in other movies, the stuff that happens where you're like, I could, you could see the influences, but I think it's so well sure. done that it's just kind of, you know, I don't know. It felt fresh to me because it was like, oh, they this was really made with like some care and attention. And like, uh, I saw a lot of negative views on Letterboxd. I was actually surprised. I thought people like, first of all, no one saw it in the first place. And I thought people who did see it, like liked it. But a lot of people were like, this was terrible and I just could not I was like really I mean it's an under an hour and a half which you know I always think is a bonus and it like that's nice gets in and gets out it's like uh just the perfect amount of time I need to tell a story um it uh ooh, now I'm gonna see a spoiler no I was like I don't want to say where it goes it's it's pretty it's pretty great and funny enough uh I watched it and then our friend Daniel Epler put a video out on his cobwebs YouTube channel covering cobweb because he's like channels called cobwebs because movies called cobwebs and he loved it i think even more than i did but he did a good kind of rundown also without spoiling anything uh people check that out but uh, i agree with a lot everybody of everybody subscribes to the cobwebs youtube channel right i mean they should if they're not what do we do <laughs> what are they doing uh so <laughs> so yeah it's 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 really good i really liked it it's like perfect it's what i want right now it's like spooky vibes um some pretty creepy parts like i i almost one kind of like a knock, but I almost wish I heard how, how scary it was. And it's got some very scary mm. parts, but they're kind of spread out to me. Like there's creep, a lot okay. of creepiness, a lot of creepiness, but like a couple parts are genuinely like, holy shit, terrifying. <laughs> like uh, one thing they showed in the previews, I remember that is definitely the scariest part of the movie. And I kind of wish there was some more stuff like that. Um, but I mean, especially I like, if they put it in the trailer, it's like, so yeah, I kind of oh my god, if I didn't know it was even, I was kind of waiting for that moment, and then it. I mean, it's still scary yeah. when it happens because like oh Jesus, but it was like in context. Uh, in context, yeah, it's still pretty whew, like um, but no, I mean it's. I thought it was a lot of fun. I I just bought the Blu-rays like at Target, and they had it for like sixteen bucks. Like that's good for a new oh, Blu-ray, nice. and I was like I'll grab this and um, because I was gonna pay to rent anyway, and I, I'm very glad I got. It. I want to show people because it's like I feel like it's gonna be like a cult horror movie in a couple years because. 
nobody saw it in the theater. <laughs> so I think people will find it um, as like Halloween season comes around. So it's really good. Uh, recommend Cobweb. Um, nice. Brand new movie I saw that I really, really liked. Uh, A Haunting in Venice <laughs> this weekend. You liked it? I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I me haven't seen the... it yet. And I, w- I want to see it. Was me and all the senior citizens at like four o'clock on a Saturday. <laughs> like, That's the best, though. I know. I mean, it wasn't bad. They, uh, it's just funny because every time I go to this theater, I pick weird times, and it's always just me and like a lot of older people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. my story about Equalizer Three with the guy was like, "Oh my god, it's a lot of stairs." <laughs> um, this... Which I I could relate to that. Th- there was a That's lot. That's a stairs. nightmare. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I had that thought during John Wick 4. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we joked about that. It's like, buddy, if you like stairs, go to a John Wick 4. Um, no, those, Europe- those European cities are built different. So <laughs> this is like, but, uh, and this is again, well, funny enough, I think Equalizer 3 is in Italy. I don't know what this is in Italy as well. A lot of Italy this year. I think Lindsay pointed that out. There's just a lot of Italy movies. I don't know if you're in tax breaks or something. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the third in the Kenneth Branagh uh, Perot movies. This is by far my favorite um i liked the first two but this one i think is better i think like the problem with especially with um death of the nile the last one was it was very like fake looking cgi heavy like they did not go anywhere. <laughs> yes i so i'm i'm excited to hear that you you think this is the best of the three and it sounds like maybe one of the reasons is what you're getting to now about the last one. I thought the other two were fine. Like I was entertained. Mm-hmm. I think I watched, I think I watched them on a plane or something. The way they were meant but to be. Yes. <laughs> I did yeah. have that feeling like, wow, this shit looks real fake. <laughs> like nothing about this looks like it happens in a 3d yeah. Like real in our dimension, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Especially the problem and... with Death Nile. Yeah. Like it's it puts you yeah. out of the takes you out of the movie. I mean, it's like it's kind of rough, but this one, I guess Kenneth Brandall was like, we gotta go to Italy for real. Um, I mean, yeah, it looks I would like... want to go to Italy for real. Well, if they said true. to me, Hey, we're gonna green screen Venice, I'd be like, No, no thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, um... let's go shoot on location, please. Green so I, screen Venice. I know, uh-uh. Uh, just called the movie green screen Venice. <laughs> but no this was it's it's not green screen i mean i'm sure there's some but it it great it just looks great i thought it looked fantastic like nice. he's shooting at real locations he's doing some wild stuff with the camera i felt like to weird angles and um just seems like he's really like having fun with it uh it's got those horror elements that weren't in the first two because it's haunting venice so there's a the whole thing with like a a medium Played by Michelle Yeoh. That, that's a big draw. I saw the trailer yeah. <laughs> when I went to see Last Voyage of the Demeter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was the thing about the trailer that struck me. It was like, ooh, there's mediums and there's like <laughs> spooky stuff. Yeah. This this is my kind of mystery. <laughs> I know. Me, me, this is way more my speed. It. I texted Daniel. I was like, you got to go see this because it takes place literally on Halloween in like 1947 or something in Venice. And it's got... Halloween atmosphere again. I think I'm just so big on the Halloween vibes right now that I'm just like, yeah, maybe overrating a little bit. Um, 
because I thought somebody might have been, I can't remember who I was, Letterboxd review was like, it's just vibes, man, just vibes. <laughs> like, because I don't think, okay, if I'm being honest, I don't think it's the strongest mystery. Like, I don't think the, the mystery itself is like the strongest thing, but like, I didn't care because I was having so much fun with everything else in it and just like liked being in that world. Yeah. Was, like, the only thing I complain about is like, I wish I was at home by a fireplace, like, with tea and a blanket because it feels like that kind of movie <laughs> like it's the kind of movie you're just like oh like put on a stormy night like you know it's it's i don't know i really had a lot of fun with it um I, it's i thought it was a good time i really really liked it so i hope you enjoy it too when you get to see it um yeah you know you've sold me okay i hope i didn't oversell it too much i just it's given it's the, the vibes man they're just they're so good it's like i, just, I mean shooting on location makes a huge difference like it's just crazy how much of a difference it makes so um yeah and i guess the last thing uh we're talking about vampires so i finally watched the 1979 dracula directed by john mm -hmm. badham yes with uh frank langella's dracula um and I, I really really liked it again i think i'm just like i've had good luck lately with everything i've watched like the vibes are so good um it looks so good i could not believe so i had this blu-ray ball on time ago i think i got like on a screen factory sale because it was really cheap and i was like i want to watch that and there's two versions there's like a theatrical director's cut and i was like what's the difference it sounds like the only difference was that the director's cut they changed the color timing basically mm. and they desaturated it and i was like well i don't really want to see that i'm gonna put the original on <laughs> and like um the theatrical i was like why would you want to take the color out of this because it's like a beautiful looking like rich vibrant movie and I guess he was just yeah. going, he wanted to go for like maybe the more old universal monster feel. Sure. But I just was like, don't do that to this movie. This is beautiful. <laughs> like I, I, maybe I'll check that when I was curiosity, but um, it looks so good. I really liked Frank Langella's Dracula. Um, I like that it could kind of He go... was great. He was really good. <laughs> like uh... my only knock on him is the hair. Oh yeah. <laughs> his, hair. his hair is a little very 1970s. <laughs> um, but uh nice head of hair it's just a weird style but it's like yes. i looked at getting it feels like it's a little bit like the the blueprint for what coppola would do like in yes the romance yeah the way they're they push it they can do more in 79 they could do in earlier versions and it's like um it's kind of bloody and you know a little more violent and more sexual and like um i thought it was really well made the sets were incredible oh my god they open up like dracula's castle or something and it's this insane dining hall that's like yeah built this thing like it's it's just so good like uh from that perspective like so well made um i mean it's a dracula story with some changes i didn't recognize like i think they jump right to like him they move things around i think like he's like right away right. on the boat like the boat yes. at the start yeah of the movie. it kind of jumps right in there i believe mina and lucy are switched i think so isn't like, it yeah yeah All right so yeah. and then there was like i think they pushed the um oh my god i'm blinking uh keanu reeves part harker <laughs> harker. Jonathan they pushed, harker like they pushed the harker stuff way back in the back end of the movie it's it's like there's just little stuff where they move stuff around but it's you know you've seen enough for jonathan harker is boring so <laughs> yeah he's not, not a big loss not i don't he feels like he's on this one very much honestly i didn't really yeah i didn't really Think of him being this one. That's so not a black mark on the film. No, no, no. <laughs> they, they push that whole scene that I feel like is super early in the other ones where he goes to Dracula's castle. I feel like it's way later in this yes. version, but um, 
I mean, it was cool. I really liked it. I dug it. Um, uh, I was going to stop there, but I have <laughs> one more quick one. I'm curious your thoughts on it because it's Cronenberg. Hey, this is yeah. your film feast birthday <laughs> and we can do whatever you want. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're I the, appreciate it. You're the birthday boy. You can do what you want. I appreciate it. I do want well, this one. I forgot about. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to because it's Cronenberg that I hadn't seen. So it's, <gasps> ra it's rabid. Help me. Oh, yes. Yeah, rabbit is fucking gross. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 glorious. Armpit I love vaginas it. and all okay. kinds. Yes. It's, oh, it's, it's a so dirty good. feeling movie. I mean, I liked it. I liked it. I was just like, oh, but this has like a like a rawness. I feel like that. Yes. You just don't see any. I'm not even just a Cronenberg like any more. Like it just has this like real. <laughs> I keep saying like dirty feeling, but it's just, oh, it's so gross. I mean, it's like Shivers. Isn't that kind of like a quasi sequel to Shivers or like a redo? I, it's not, themes? but they there are some similar themes and they're made, you know, just in, within there's a short window of time between the two. Right, right. And it's when he was still in Canada and he was getting money from the Canadian government. And, and so, you know, lower budgets early career stuff yeah i love both of the films of the two i think rabbit is the stronger but i i love shivers and rabbit i love them both it's been a while since i've seen shivers i think i like this a little better uh i mean it's uh i like that one too it's it's funny with Cronenberg's filmography it's like like yes i like rabbit but like among a bunch of other stuff i put it probably way not i put it below like videodrome and the fly and crash and uh, you know a few other things even though it's a good movie sure. it's just like he's like I was like, he made a lot of good ones and it's so funny because he's a guy i did not think that i liked for the longest time <laughs> like i think we talked about that in our crash episode that yeah. i was like i don't think i like Cronenberg, but then i see more of his stuff and i'm like i like basically all of it I, it's funny because one of the things i think of is like near the bottom for me it's like scanners which everyone like loves scanners but mm. i find scanners very boring <laughs> besides the head explosion <laughs> Is incredible, obviously. Is incredible. Um, but I feel like that was so built up that the rest of the movie, I was like, the rest of it's kind of dull. <laughs> like it's a little for me, maybe to watch again because I saw it a long time ago. That's what oh, that's what happened. I, saw I like Crash. Scanners, but it's not yeah. one of my favorites. Okay, yeah. It's like it's I'd seen Crash and Scanners. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I'm a Cronifer guy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, but now that, yeah, just based on those two, come on. You can't yeah. make that determination. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. That's what I thought his whole filmography was like. I was like, ah, <laughs> it's just, it's just weird or it's really dull. And I don't know. Like, um, but Scanners got so built up because of the head explosion. And like you watch Scanners mm -hmm. and you're like, it's a lot of other movie that's not. <laughs> hype kills, man. It does. I, it does. I'm very sensitive to hype. And there's something about my personality that is, I, I, it's the, my contrariness, I guess. Uh-huh. That as if things get hyped up too much, out of spite, I will avoid it. Out of pure spite for the hype, I will avoid a thing. And if I do end up seeing something that had was heaped up with too much, too much, too much hype, I it colors the way that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. The way that I experienced the film. Hype will kill a thing for me. Yeah. Real I fast. Understand. 
I understand. I try to just put it in the back of my mind when I see something, but sometimes it's things get so built up that yes. you finally see them. It's like unavoidable. So you're like, wah, yeah. wah. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Huh? Um, I can't think of anything recently. I know it's happened to me in the past many times with usually it's like old classic type movies or people that, mm. you know, they get built up and it didn't work for me. And I'm like, oh, that really got built up. But um, but no, I, I, I don't think it's that rabbit. It was really <laughs> it was good. It was just like, oh, this is gross. I uh, made the conscious decision to eat it <laughs> after I had my lunch, which I think was a good one. I was like, I'm going to hold this one off till after lunch and then watch it then um but yeah it's i mean it was it was interesting i could t- it's funny you could tell it was low budget but i think that really helps the the whole aesthetic and the griminess it does. and like absolutely yeah. yeah uh highly recommend rabid to anyone that I mean especially it's spooky wants season. to get to know cronenberg cronenberg <laughs> better um just wants to see some kind of gross weird stuff (laughs) oh that's the best way to sell it you want to see some gross weird stuff go watch rabid (laughs) it's so funny he was like so him so early on like he's so like yes you know just i love him so much cronenberg's (laughs) one of my favorite directors so it makes me remember that which is why i was like i gotta talk about rabid because it was like it felt like one of the (laughs) big ones i hadn't seen i can't even think of like what other big cronenberg movies i haven't seen yet I know I haven't seen some of the later, well, not later, mm-hmm. I've seen the newer stuff. Um, like the the maps or the stars and Cosmopolis and Dangerous Method. That's the kind of stuff I haven't seen. I've seen those now. But I've seen I mean, most... an, a concerted effort. <laughs> Are there? Is there it's any so easy to rewatch run? the ones that I love over right. and over and over <laughs> again. And it's like, OK. <laughs> it, he didn't stop working in the 90s he's continued to make films let's let's explore um i thought dangerous method was really cool especially if you have any interest in psychology because mm-hmm. it's freud it's you know that stuff is interesting oh yeah that's i that one i'm interested in i it's maps like kinda... to the stars was good and that one's weird <laughs> i see that's the one i think i've heard people like say the most negative things about so that's good to hear you say something yeah. positive about it yeah of of that kind of block of of films in the 2000s i would say cosmo the cosmopolis one that's the one that didn't didn't hit for me oh okay <laughs> yeah i because every yeah, i think i've seen everything else besides uh those oh i've never seen m butterfly but i don't know anybody that's seen m butterfly have you seen that one <laughs> I have three butterfly. Oh, okay. Yeah. I no one talks about that movie. I forget it's him <laughs> at the time. I know. It's like <laughs> it's like Spielberg and like always people don't even talk about him as a movie he made in his filmography. They're like, oh, he made that one. Like people just skip right over that naked lunch to crash. And they're like, oh yeah, and butterfly was in between. Like, um, okay. But yeah, I gotta I, I'll fin- I'll probably finish it off soon because I don't have the many left to watch. So um you have yeah. no reason not to. And you're a completionist. I am. I am. So as yeah, listeners I'll... know, <laughs> I'm sure I'll get around to those at some point. So um, you will. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go on to the main event here. And talk about Blade and Blade 2. I, I will start with Blade, I think, because that Hooray! is logical. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, you threw a list out to me and there was a lot of good stuff on there. So it was tough to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, oh man, 
It's like I do, I do love Blade. And then I, I, I should, I want to give people a shout out because I, I again doing so many podcasts, I almost forget. I was on Filmstrip podcast last year and talked about Blade with Jay, but uh, I have way more to say about Blade. <laughs> that was the thing I was thinking. I was like, there's way more I could say about Blade. And yeah. then I was like, well, let's throw Blade 2 in the mix. That was part of the reason, like, throw it and make it different, you know, throw Blade 2 in there because I'm sure I brought it up during the episode. But um, but yeah, I have so much hard. to say. I mean, it's impossible at this point not to, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, people should listen to that because I did have fun talking to Jay, but I was not I still had more to say. It was, it was like I got I had more on tap about. No, Blade. that was a great episode. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I loved that episode. It was a good time. Shout out to Jay and Filmstrip. There is there's so much. There's always more to say, <laughs> especially if you don't. I'm not afraid to podcast about the same film on a couple different podcasts because it's going to be a completely different conversation. Right. There's always more to say. There's things that jump out at you when you rewatch something or that you didn't think about the first time around, or even just you're bouncing ideas off of a different person. It's a completely different conversation. There's, you know. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> so I just wanted to get that chat up because I didn't things. want Jay to think I'd forgotten and I did the episode <laughs> and I was doing Blade again. Yeah. No, I just had too much. I really, I mean, I will say, I think Blade and Blade 2 have to be among my most rewatched movies of all time truly <laughs> like i have watched both of them so many times uh to the point where do you get to the point with movies you love sometimes we've watched them so much that you're like i don't know if i have anything left to get this movie you know what i mean like it's like you still you don't like you love it any less but you're like i don't know if i have anything left to to pull out of this like sure um yeah. i don't know that i've had that conscious thought but i do sometimes if i rewatch a thing many 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 times sometimes i will find that i i'm tempted to not fully pay attention that's kind of what i'm getting yeah thinking about where i can almost like turn away for and do something else and come back and be like i missed nothing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like it goes by it, so quick the temptation like, for that yeah yeah you watch stuff enough it almost like speeds up in your mind where it's like because you know the beats are coming so i feel like it feels yes. like it goes by so much faster a two-hour movie feels like it goes by in like 30 45 minutes because you just have like seen it so many times but um i will always be happy to watch blade and blade 2 but i just had that feeling i was like i have seen these so many times <laughs> like with commentary like with uh, you know all, just i've so many times so um but yeah the first blade 1998 uh we're 25th anniversary this year so yeah that was uh incidental that's crazy <laughs> um, that's crazy to me <laughs> I was like, oh, another race about Blade. It's 25th anniversary. If only Blade 2 was 03, we could have got a double and got a so 20th close. anniversary and a 25th anniversary. But I'll take it. It's fine. So <laughs> um, I'm curious. I have, you know, a lot to say about Blade. But did, uh, did you see this in a theater when it came out? Were you, like, excited for Blade? Oh, yeah. Kind of like, Absolutely. So I'll say I have not read the comics. So I'm coming to this as a, as the, a movie only enthusiast haven't read the comics but you know 98 there's a a vampire action movie coming out and it's got wesley snipes yeah we went and saw it in the theater <laughs> but, and i and i gotta tell you we loved it right off the bat i mean just coming in right at the beginning it's like 
Oh my god. Well, this it, is rad. It comes in this so hot. I mean, it's like a a t- common Twitter thing where it's like, what's the best character introduction of all time? And you will find the Blade intro within like two minutes of searching anybody. Absolutely. Because it comes in so hot. And it's like, you just, I, they've talked about it on, I think both the, com- or Blade 1 and Blade 2, the commentaries are like, well, we just can't top that Blade 1, <laughs> you know, Blood Club scene. Like, <laughs> like they were just constantly trying. I mean, I think they did a lot of great stuff, but it's like that intro is just so iconic. That I feel like even the people who made oh, it were amazing. like, shit, we don't know. We can't top this. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, I think too, it's, it's really interesting how Blade is in some regards timeless because it's so rewatchable mm-hmm. and so enjoyable. But then at the same time, it's so very much of the late 90s. Right, Yeah. <laughs> It, it really screams is. 1998 all over it. It's so <laughs> not. I was rewatching it ahead of our discussion. I was really struck by just whoa 90s. It's like so, but it it exists in both of those ways as timeless and also as a time capsule. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 cool. It's rare when a movie can actually do both. Yeah, that, I, I yeah, that's a and not suffer I, for it. <laughs> yes, because I was like, oh, this is very '90s, but it's hard. For me. I'm so I've seen it so many times, and I was alive during that time. So I'm always curious, people who like weren't alive during that time, if they would watch it and be like, oh, this is so dated, or if it just kind of feels like it's out of time in some ways. Like I feel like the style of like the villains, they feel very like late 90s like yeah i feel like but wesley snipes like look as blade i feel like could be from any time like i don't feel like yes like he just feels like he's from any time and just looks cool i mean i'm gonna say that a lot of his podcast by the way i'm like he looks fucking cool this is cool that is because cool. he like, just does a lot of fucking <laughs> cool shit in this movie it's like it's just it's no just i mean let's okay we have to address <laughs> this this casting of wesley snipes it's got to be on one of the, you know, if you were going to compile a list of the greatest casting choices in cinema, Wesley Snipes as Blade has to be on that list. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he was so perfect for this. And you're right. His look, although, yes, like the big kind of duster trench coat thing. Well, those were, all yeah, the those leather were everywhere in the 90s. Or pleather, yeah. like, that's like, very 90s. Yeah. But something about Wesley Snipes his his presence even though he's wearing all this very 90s garb he looks timeless he mm-hmm. looks like a badass from any era <laughs> he he doesn't have to say much when he does it's always on point every single line of dialogue out of that man's mouth is you could use as a one-liner, even when they're not written like one-liners. Yeah. <laughs> his whole presence, his physicality. He's amazing in this. Physi- yeah, and the physicality is like something that you just can't like have any actor do. You know what I mean? It's you like you can't fake that. You no, either you- <laughs> have it or you don't. Right. I guess they can cut around to use stunt doubles. That's I was especially in two. But it's it obvious, like- right? 
yeah I, yeah usually i mean it but like with Wesley snipes you see so much from doing this stuff and it's like uh not to jump around too much but in two i was like there's like the sword fight where they come into mm-hmm. his headquarters and he's doing so much of that because like you can see his face um and i'm like there's so many other actors that could not have done this part of it. it's such a huge part of the character too it's not it's like you need somebody who could do this stuff and i it's like he's the only person who can play blade that's why i'm so worried about the blade reboot if it ever happens at this point with mahershal ali because great actor have no idea about his like physical oh he's a tremendous talent yeah it's a hard act to follow though because the casting was so perfect yeah he's just yeah i don't even know i I meant to look it up like what was he snipes like martial arts background is i know it's like pretty extensive like he's a legit martial artist and you can tell when he's doing this stuff because you can tell yeah you can't fake it it's like uh like it was like michael jai white is like he's like a freaking black belt in nine different like different forms of martial arts and like people with martial arts skills dancers there's certain things you cannot fake yes because it's in the way a person's body moves i don't care how many cuts you put in there how many different tricky camera (laughs) angles you try to do to cover up for someone who doesn't have those abilities every little movement it's going to be obvious that that that's not it's not them yeah that's like <laughs> that and that's, you know yeah and that's and like the x oh go ahead sorry <laughs> most of us don't have those abilities <laughs> you know so right. not a I, knock on 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 anyone who does it because i know i don't i don't have martial abilities but when someone's got it someone like wesley snipes like it shows in every all their movements are just so on point fluid just the way their body moves yeah, I guess it's like X Factor is the physicality. And I think it was Del Toro. It was Del Toro on like the Blade 2 commentary, which I didn't listen back to, but I've heard it so many times. It's like in my brain somewhere where he talked about Leslie Snipes as Blade. He was like, he was like, he just hits comic book poses. Like he just hits like heroic yeah. poses without even, you don't have to even direct him to do it. He just is it's like effortless. The way he, it's effortless. It's incredible. Like, I, yeah, it's perfect casting. Like I watch these now. I'm like, nobody else could play him. I, Good luck to Mahershala for trying if that project gets off the ground. But I feel like it's cursed at this point because they've been to different writers. I think they were ready right. to go. And then there was a writer's strike, the actor's strike. So um just feels like they're spinning their wheels. But uh, we, we will see. But that opening. So I, okay. So I was, well, this came out in August. So I would have been 11. And uh my mom's boyfriend at the time took me to go see it. It was the only thing he was good for because he sucked. He was a terrible guy, but he would take me to see R-rated movies. I think we saw Starship Troopers, uh, Lethal Weapon 4, and this. I can't remember the other. There were some more, I think, but the, the top of my head. But Blade, like, blew my little 11-year-old mind out of my skull. Like, I could not even process how cool Blade was. I was like, this is everything I want from movies. This is this is <laughs> cinema. We've peaked. Like, um, and that club scene at the beginning, he's like, oh my god, like, this is the coolest fucking person I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, um, the way he comes Friends, in. <laughs> let me tell you. I've been working on a on a letterbox list of best club scenes. And of course, that was one of the first ones I put on. It's still private. I am not sharing it with the world yet. I'll let you all know when it's ready <laughs> for public consumption. I remember. Well, and that this is kind of the funny thing, too. I forget sometimes that the it actually the film really opens kind of like the the prologue is that the flashback to 
Oh yeah, the I origins that of too, Blade. I've seen it how many times? And I almost forget <laughs> his yeah. traumatic birth. Right, right. But who who remembers that? Because <laughs> we it's immediately so go into yeah, <laughs> it's so brief. We go into this really cool time lapse New York City title sequence. Mm-hmm. And then we get Tracy Lords, who <laughs> oh. I love Tracy Lords. I always love to see her pop up in, in things. Tracy Lords with this guy who's just like so very much the 90s kind of bro. Like <laughs> that guy is the kind of guy that was going to go to Woodstock 99 the next year oh, kind of situation. <laughs> and they go to the this slaughterhouse. And you're like, okay, cool. And we get this fucking vampire rave scene. Are you kidding me? With the bloodbath and the sprinklers. I know that blood comes out of the ceiling. That's a shocking moment, too. You're like, the fuck? Like, um, scary. I've, for that. I've, yeah. There's two different kinds of people in this world. <laughs> uh-huh. There's there's the people that are like, oh my God, there's blood coming out of the ceiling. And then there's those of us that are like, fuck, I want to dance in a bloodbath. <laughs> Well, we're the two different kinds of people because I'd be like, ah, we are the two different kinds of people. (laughs) Oh, I'd be terrified. I'd be like, I gotta get out of here. Because ever since ever since that first time, I was like, man, I want to I want to dance in a bloodbath. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it's pretty cool. I hope you get your wish. (laughs) Be careful, though. I I love it so much. It's so good. And I, I love how. Tracy Lord's date. I forget. I don't even think the guy has a name. I don't think I don't he has know. a name. If he yeah, does, <laughs> if, if it does, it's inconsequential. I love how he's thinking he's about to have the best night of his life and he has no clue. Mm-hmm. And you get the couple little blood drops and it's like, ooh, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> the realization. Yeah. The dawning and then just his sheer panic. Things go bad for him very quickly. It's incredible. It's like- it's incredible. Yeah. Oh my I god. He's in a it. bad situation real quick. It reminds me of the the meme of uh <laughs> is it Ralph Wig- Chief Wiggum's kid is on the bus. It's like chuckles yes. like I'm in danger. Like it's like I'm in danger. <laughs> he's like yes. he's in a bad situation real quick. Like Tracy Lords pushes him away and he's like fuck this and it's like uh-oh, now there's a literal blood rain <laughs> And then it's just people be- beating the shit out of him and kicking him and then He would be a goner. Oh yeah. If not, we get the boot and the the hem of the coat, and it's like, oh shit, it's on. And the crowd parts, and we get to see Blade in all his glory. So good. The way the crowd parts. I get I get like the little shivers just talking about it. I still get so excited. Like the build-up to it is so good. Like there's like a physical, like your body, it's like starts to like tense up almost like, oh my God. And then it's still, there's still a buildup. You like walks forward. Everyone's like, oh my God, Daywalker. Day. And like some idiot, it's like jumps at him like Daywalker, boom. And then it's just like, we're off to the races. And it's so, it's such a good action sequence. Cause like, it's just so energetic. That's not, so many of the Blade action sequences, both movies are just so, still so exciting to me. Like, they're yes. just, I think it's lots of Wesley Snipes, the way he moves is like, yeah. yeah. Like the choreography is great, but also the settings. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and in that in that main dance floor area, it's like, you know, it's all slick because of the blood and industrial mm. looking. And that's a really cool setup to see vampires kind of trying to come at him and him kind of using the blood to help propel his body as he's fighting them. Mm -hmm. And then when they move into that circular room, the, the tiled one, I mean, it looks incredible. Those white yeah. tiles and and, you know, he's doing all his spinning in a circular room with all of these vampires around. It's just perfect. It's so good. It's perfect. I, it How perfect. do you, you go get better than that? The perfect opening. I, they, I, again, they're still, everybody was like, how do we ever top the opening of Blade? We did too good a job. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, they do what they can, but it's just such a good, like, oh my God, I love a whole sequence when like, people are already kind of whispering like oh my god and then like he just fucks them up like it's like but i realize blade gives me like, everything i want in like an action movie because it's like gives me like the good great introduction uh people like yeah. oh my god and they just fucks everybody up and then it even gives me like the there's like the i don't know like the the kind of the takedown of the hero but then there's like the build up the whole the hulk up or the comeback like it's where he got just, it all goes and wrecks people again like it's just it's like i was like oh my god i love it um that oh i, I the opening could be the whole podcast but it's like and, uh, it's funny too because i think you see blade like having fun hunting vampires right from the beginning like he this is like a, yes. a sport for him like um like when he even tells donald Loke's characters like he's like i've had my try fire this time just lights him on fire <laughs> like it's just like you know <laughs> which looks not... great yeah that does i mean it looks incredible look <laughs> the cast of this film is is great i really <laughs> enjoy the cast donald logue i love that guy mm -hmm. he's done a lot of television I, that that's kind of the place where i really fell in love with donald logue oh, yeah. but i i think he did yeah grounded for life yeah, yeah, and he yeah. did the one season of terriers and terriers got canceled uh it's a travesty <laughs> but he had done other things before you know he was on an episode of the x files okay <laughs> he had done some things well and then i don't know here's something super 90s mm -hmm. did you watch a lot of mtv i mean you were young i, so I maybe like you i was watching it. it i was definitely starting to watch it in the later 90s going into the 2000s so like probably by like 98 he, 99 <laughs> He used to do these spots. They were like promo spots for MTV that they'd show on MTV between things, like between commercials and between videos. And he played a cab driver in New York and he was greased back hair and like really goofy. Uh -huh. And he would tell the the people he picked up in the cab, he would talk really enthusiastically about the music videos. Oh, That's Donald Love. That was my all. first introduction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're really fun. And I love our intro to him in this film because when before the reveal that this is a, a rave full of vampires, we see Donald Logue is on a couch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with these two women. And he's making out and getting head at the same time. <laughs> and. And that's that right there. It's all downhill for him after that. True. <laughs> Never gets better from after that. And, He's uh, gonna get his arms chopped off. He's gonna multiple. get lit on fire, <laughs> melted, oh. and then, yeah, 
So that that right <laughs> there was his last off. glorious moment. Yeah. And then it's just it's it's all over. After he that. comes back in. Yeah. I, I So many line readings stick out. I mean, in my head just but like you know what I'm saying is like, fuck him up. Make him hurt bad. It's like, why is everyone so confident that they're going to fuck up Blade? Like you just it's not going to happen. Funny, a running theme. I know it's like an action movie thing in general, but it's like a funny running theme through Blade where like people keep thinking they're going to be the one that gets him. And people do get him eventually. But it's like, there's like big groups. And like by the 12th guy that comes running at him, what do you think you're going to do? <laughs> like you just watch him kill right. all the people in front of you. And you're like, I'll be the guy that gets Go him. Go enjoy like, your undead immortality. Walk away. It's not worth it. it. Especially like random club goers. Like, why would you run? I'm just like a person in the club. Yeah. Like, Walk away. It's security, not worth it. I guess. Yeah, better. But I just think it's so funny. But it's like, well, you guys really were confident that you had a shot here. I was like, how many <laughs> vampires do you need to kill in front of you to be like, you know what? I'm going to go home. Uh, like just... Everybody knows the day who the daywalker is. That should tell you something. Right. <laughs> it's like, I see that guy. I'm not uh, going after him. So <laughs> that. Oh, God. I just think that's so funny. And then, yeah, he fucks Donald Logan. He's very, pretty funny in this. Um, Stephen Dorff. Over is... and over and over again. <laughs> Stephen Dorff might be the most 90s thing about this movie. Like, he feels like a real <laughs> 90s, like, dirtbag type okay. of guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, my, fr- my friend and I were watching it uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And we I had to pause it. So that we could talk about Steven Dorff's hair because <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly believe the 90s rivals the 70s for some of the worst hair styles. Yeah. <laughs> hair in the 90s was bad. It was bad. And I feel like I could say this because I participated. You're right. Yeah. I wish like, I could I tell there. you that I didn't part. No, I was there. <laughs> I made some mistakes. We all did. <laughs> and Steven Dorff's hair in this is a mistake. <laughs> yes, everything about the way he styled his facial hair, his clothes. It's all very 90s. He's great in this because he's. He's got that smirky. Very smug, yeah. very <laughs> cocky. And he's. He's an attractive guy kind of objectively an attractive person but mm. and there's some charm there but he's really such a dick yeah <laughs> that he never really fully crosses over into sexy vampire territory <laughs> nothing that he does in this is sexy not even when he's like reading the archives at a shirt on and he's just looking cool no no <laughs> Uh, uh the the tongue kissing with the blood after oh. he kills the cop familiar oh yeah, yeah. And you're just like oh no put that away <laughs> and i think Stephen dorf is an attractive man but it's there's something about his demeanor in this mm-hmm. that smug smirky i don't there's just something the guy comes <laughs> off as a real asshole and the deacon frost character is an asshole he's supposed to be this upstart who's trying to supplant the the pure blood council and take over. So, I mean, that's what you need him to do. And he does it. He sells it. He, he does. He, 
<laughs> they kill poor Udo Kier. I say poor Udo Kier. He's still a vampire, but uh, very dramatic. <laughs> That's a great scene. scene. It's a great scene. I love it. Um, and then them just like with their motorcycle helmets, holding hands, almost like it's romantic to watch him <laughs> burn to a crisp. <laughs> burn. Like really dramatic death. I one thing you know one thing about Blade. I'm jumping way ahead in the movie now, but like with Stephen Dorff when Frost goes out and meets Blade in the daylight, and he's just wearing uh-huh. like some kind of sunscreen. Doesn't that feel like a massive yes. cheat to vampire mythology to just like throw on? Like <laughs> he's in broad daylight. And is I mean, I think it's like hands and face. He's wearing like a jacket and pants, but it's like I feel like I feel that's a real cheat to have just like sunscreen and get away with like not bursting into flames. I don't know. I just, sure. I've always well, thought about I mean, that. here's the thing with the vampirism in Blade, the films mm-hmm. is they take the scientific, like the biological approach in this. It's not supernatural. No, it's true. It's like yeah. the pure bloods are like a different species. And then you have folks who have been turned, in which case it's like an infection. Mm-hmm. And Blade is unique because, because his mother was attacked and he contracted it in utero. But it's all very scientific. It's like this biological thing. Right. We should talk about and a lot so, Boucher Wright being... Um whatever kind of doctor i'm totally blinking right now the hematologist hematologist thank you yes yes (laughs) that they they did yeah yeah so she's talking about a possible cure and she's looking at dna and retroviruses and and she's looking at ways to another possible weapon which works great in this film (laughs) is is Uh the treatment that they use for what was it for blood clotting oh yeah um you know, and then you're able to explode vampires that way. So this one in this is it's very scientific. It's very medical. We're talking about disease and species like rather than something supernatural. So I'll give them a pass on the <laughs> put on the sunblock because uh-huh. sure. I don't know how Fair long enough. that would last. <laughs> doesn't seem like it lasts very like, long because Blade's like your mascara is running and then he's like cussing it right, out. Right, you're supposed pretty- to reapply what some ridiculous <laughs> amount of time, like every it 15 minutes or something. Very quickly, yeah, I don't remember, but uh, I don't know. I've always thought about it. Even as a kid, I was like, wait a minute, vampires can't find the sun. It's like sunscreen seems like a real cheat. <laughs> like I get burned when I wear sunscreen. I'm not a vampire. Like I feel like you burst in flames. I don't know. These are just questions I've had in my head for a long time. <laughs> Invest so. in a sun hat. I'm a big proponent. I'm not a hat guy, though. That's a problem. Any kind of hat. Actually, a (laughs) sun hat. I can't can't imagine myself in a sun hat. (laughs) I think you could make a Panama work. Anyways. I'd have to go try some on. That's okay. This is about hats. No, the (laughs) the thing that I was always kind of scratching my head about watching Blade Mm -hmm. was the, okay, Deacon Frost's big plan Mm -hmm. is he wants to use uh, this vampire Bible, the Book of Erebus, Mm -hmm. to summon the blood god, La Magra, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that vampires can come out of the shadows, take over the world, and just have free reign. But you can't kill all the humans because they're your food, food source. source. Yeah, that's true. I don't think he really thought through like <laughs> the plan beyond that. 
would uh, wow i should know this i've watched blade too many times but like would part of the plan also take away the the need for well, i guess i wouldn't i said the need for blood i guess i wouldn't vampires anymore um right that's would, the fun part that's what sets <laughs> them apart from blade in some sense is that they revel deacon frost loves drinking blood <laughs> it's true i thought they'd save some people as like a like a, on a farm like they were cattle i mean something. you'd have to right that's, yeah you would have to that uh i will i don't want to give red trinity any credit any credit but i think that just come up in blade trinity is like they have like bodies in like a literally yeah. like a farm or something where yeah. they're farming blood from bodies which they would have to do if uh there'd uh, be no choice right yeah because he may sound like he's like Margaret's like a blood uh, like a vampire hurricane like it just passes by <laughs> you and you turn into a vampire like um <laughs> Like it'd be that quick. Like it just comes through like a tornado and like just you turn to a vampire. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you haven't thought the plan through. He just wanted ultimate power. Most of these guys don't think these plans through. They just they just want no. power, you know. He um, he he wants power and he wants to upset the hierarchy because he feels looked down on. He's actually, you know, he's really sensitive about the <laughs> fact that he's not a pure blood. I know that does always seem to really get at him when this one brings that up. He really it does. does. Like being a half half breed or whatever, and you know, I, like and I get it because the pure bloods, Udo Kier and the rest of the council, really look down their nose at him. They do. They're real bougie. So <laughs> they do. Yeah. This this funny. I was okay. funny because I was thinking, I was thinking this time when he went to go talk to him and was like basically like, oh, you're all so old and blah blah blah. I was like, oh, this is like our modern Congress. Like they just won't. <laughs> they're old and they won't give up power. <laughs> We were like, please retire. You're 80 years old, Miss Feinstein. Yes. Uh, it's like, please go. <laughs> I love vampire politics. I love yeah. vampire stories where, where there's vampire politics, where there's a parallel society of vampires, where mm. vampires have built a parallel society and have their own structures of organization and governance. I love that stuff. It's, it's very fascinating to me. Another 90s thing. I don't know if you caught this because that the council scene and all of the council stuff in this reminds me of Kindred the Embraced. What is that? Have you ever heard of this? No. <laughs> Kindred the Embraced was a short-lived television series on cable TV. Mm -hmm. It was inspired by the live-action role-play game uh, Vampire the Masquerade. That I have heard of. They only had they only had eight episodes. Oh wow. And then it got canceled. But the whole setup of that show was that there was different vampire clans. And there was all this infighting and like it was like Game of Thrones, but for vampires. Well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> That's all these different vampire clans ahead of its time. I think it would have done better if it came out later. It sounded like like, yes. Wow. When that yeah. got canceled, let me tell you, my little heart was broken. That came out in like 96, <laughs> I believe. You are exact, I'm looking, you're and exactly it, right. 96. Yes. And it wow. broke my heart because I was all in. Eight episodes like gone. Sci-fi channel or something. This feels like it'd be like an original. I don't remember. <laughs> that yeah, I don't never, remember. Never heard of a show. Um, it's, I ate eight episodes is not a lot like that is it's not a lot and you know what it was probably terrible because <laughs> this is well, before the golden age of TV right <laughs> but the idea was there and that concept of the vampires having 
their own kind of world within a world. Mm -hmm. I've just always loved that idea. Oh, it was actually, it was on Fox. There you have it. They, well, they cancel everything. <laughs> yes, they that, cancel that everything. Family Guy joke where Peter's like, well, if they cancel, and he lists like 35 Fox canceled shows <laughs> in like the past three years or something. Like, they love to cancel stuff. They were canceled stuff for streaming services, cancel things really quickly. Yeah. Um, they try to Everyone talks a... about Netflix, but... Fox was doing it before it was cool. Fox was doing it first. Um, efforts were made by a U.S. cable network to continue the show. Oh, the star of the show was killed in a motorcycle accident. Mark Frankel? Seems Julian on the show. I don't know. Yeah. He that... Yeah, he was like the suave, like, business vampire. Oh, wow. So I guess they... They might have picked up on cable, but then, yeah, it sounds like he passed away and they didn't go through with it. So that's sad. I've Sorry, taken us on a crazy. I, I've <laughs> taken us on a crazy detour. I was about to ask you how. Well, I was a detour too. I was like, how do you feel about the underworld movies? Because they do a lot of the vampire politics type of, you know. Or I'm going to say this right now. I thoroughly enjoy those movies. Okay, I don't give I know a where shit. you're going to go when you started. <laughs> People think they suck or they're stupid, like to make fun of them. I don't care. I enjoy it. I have a good time with the underworld movies. I, you know what? I like most of them. I don't think I saw three. It's all yeah. Okay, I I missed three. That's like the prequel one. There's some diminishing returns for sure. But then I really randomly liked four, which is like Blood War or something. Oh, I, with the rise of the lichen. Is that I the one so. that it's more? It's more about the. Is it? Is it the one that's? It, it I think is, that's the one that's more about the the uh, werewolves, right? No, well, I think Rise of Lycans is the third, the prequel one. Is that the third one? Then, okay, I think. And then the fourth one's like I think called Blood War, and it is like seventy five minutes before credits, and it is just like <laughs> action, action, action. Like it is just like. <laughs> I think she fights like a giant kind of werewolf monster at the end. Like it is just no bullshit. Like it's kind of, I was disappointed in the first underworld because I was so excited for it. Cause like, Oh my God, it's like the matrix and blade and it's vampires and werewolves. And I was, I remember being kind of like bored by it. Cause I was like, this is not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Cause I thought it'd be, it was a lot of like talking and like, I was, you know, like, can we get to more fighting? <laughs> but um, see, I like, I like that vampire politics. So I, I, like I enjoyed now, that. But two, I remember, liking still and then yeah i liked four and then five was a huge drop off because i was like oh four was good maybe five would be good no five was like nah uh yeah but, no uh, you can give up after four stop that one. but um but yeah i i was curious i, I don't know if you're gonna go i thought you were gonna say i thoroughly hate this movie so i thought you were gonna no say. okay friends you... you ever want to talk about underworld oh it could I'm happen here for you it could happen because I, okay. I enjoy them i think they're fun are they the greatest movies ever made? No, of course not. Not even close. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're fun. Yeah. They're fun. I I always I thought they got more fun as they went along. Again, I still I the first one I was like this could have been more crazy. Like it's vampires and werewolves, but like then I felt like they started ratchet it up. I mean, four is real crazy. Four is like just fuck <laughs> it. We'll just give you everything you want. Vampires, werewolves, seventy five minutes. We're done. Um, Take it. Like, <laughs> so, um. So yeah, oh, back to Blade. Okay, so it was a little detour on other vampire stuff. Um, <laughs> Chris Christopherson is Whistler. Love him. Oh, perfect, man. Also perfect casting, I think. I mean... Great casting. Like, I just... And... <laughs> <laughs> that man, like, embodies the 70s. 
Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't matter where Chris Christopherson is. It's the 70s, wherever he is, <laughs> that one little patch uh-huh. of earth where he stands. It's, <laughs> it's the, the 1970s. <laughs> Could see that. Yeah, no, like I understand. Uh, but I and he's we... bringing you that like gruff. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's really bringing that oh, yeah. like it's great. <laughs> Can't be bothered with anything. Uh, Best Chris Christopherson <laughs> impression right there. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. I didn't say any words. Unintelligible. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love in two when well, he has a little, I think he almost better lines in two in two when when uh, Blade brings him back and he comes in the room in the morning and he's like, how you feel? And he leans in from the shadows i i still say this to stay if someone's like if i feel like crap and i'm like like hammered shit <laughs> <laughs> he calls ron perlin a nipple head nipple into <laughs> fucking nipple <laughs> no who else can get away with that he no nobody it's just he chris ha- christopherson <laughs> i love how much he hates um oh my god i just call him daryl dixon from walking dead now uh <laughs> norman reedus norman reedus thank you please scud I- Scud, yes, which may be the first thing I saw him in, but uh, or maybe it was Boondock Saints. They were around the same time, but it's so funny. Right. Walking Dead came out, and I was like, "Oh, it's it's Scud from Blade 2. But um, yeah, much... now he's stuck on that merry-go-round. He is so. They're stuck never going to let him off. Oh my God, he probably makes great money from it, and he does conventions. Oh my God, he probably is right. like breaking in money. But if he's happy, but it's like all he does now. He's just Daryl Dixon. But all a little time. piece of your soul has to die. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I would you know? imagine so. But every year, um, every season, and another little piece of your soul just shrivels up, dies. It's like they won't kill me. Why won't they kill me? And now he's off doing some show by himself, like a spinoff show where he's like in Paris. Yeah. Why? I don't understand. <laughs> um. But anyway, um, I'm jumping ahead to two. I get back to one. So, um. Uh, God. Oh, another thing I love, another trope, kind of like, is where yeah. the, the hero looks like he's kind of in trouble, but then he has a backup plan, and it's like uh-huh. when Blade is in that like the archives, and he's getting. Be- I'm. He gives people some. The little girl gets to beat him up a little bit. Like he he gives some. He gives some back to the the stunt guys who are beating him up. Like he's not like completely infallible. Like I know. Yes. It's a big thing now with some action stars who are like I can't ever lose a fight. I can't be beat. Because like I give and Wesley Snipes is a legitimate martial artist. So it's like, you know, Vin Diesel yes. over here is like, I can't lose a, a fight. But yeah, so um I think Evan B, oh my God. And then uh then he's like laughing, he's like, What's going on? It's like Whistler's in his ear, and then Wh- Whistler comes in. I fucking love that moment, and it's like, Catch you fuckers at a bad time and just start shooting. I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Still gets me so excited. I'm like, yes. <laughs> like, I oh my god, those kind of moments where I'm like, this is why I watch movies. Um, love it so much. No, Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson playing this dynamic duo. They have amazing chemistry. Of Whistler and Blade. Up. Amazing yeah. chemistry. You have, you know, you have the scenes where they're kind of being gruff and <laughs> uh, you know, whatever with each other. But there's always that underlying current of like, you know, that this is like a father son relationship. Right. In a lot of ways, you know, and I, I love and this is why this is why. Wesley Snipes is so perfect for this role, because it's not just his his ability to do the fight choreography and look like a badass. The scene where Blade discovers that Whistler is mortally wounded mm-hmm. that they've left him there with the videotape that scene is amazing 
everything those two men are doing in that scene. Incredible. It's like Blade. I think it's so cool how he walks up and he's he has his body turned to the side. Like mm-hmm. he won't look at Whistler under that sheet full on. No way he pulls. He doesn't want to see it. Right. Bloody sheet off of him. It's like, oh, what's this going to be? Yeah. It's like he doesn't want to look because he's he's got to hold it together. Right. And then as they're having that conversation and Whistler's saying, like, you got to finish me off. And he doesn't want to do it. And he's kind of wiping the blood off of him, Mm -hmm. like this little tissue. And it's like, I mean, you're looking at this man like he's dying. Yeah, it's a very tender moment. There's no blade point. Too. Like it's a oh my god, like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> You're bringing me a full, fully realized, <laughs> well-rounded character who is that like badass who got picked up off the streets and learned how to fight and has now made it his life's mission to kill vampires, and that he also has a lot of love for this male figure this father figure in his life. And that even though they don't say it in so many words, like it's just, it's an, it's an incredible scene. It's this beautiful moment for these characters, both Christopherson and Snipes are bringing their all. I think it's, it's one of the best scenes. One of my favorite scenes in the movie. Really good. It's still, it. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I know what happens to play too. So I think I've heard people say like, oh, it cheapens that moment in Blade One. I'm like, I don't think it does. Like, I think it I, I think it still really hits. I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think yeah, it still works. I don't think moment. it cheapens it. I think there's some things about the the <laughs> him being brought back into that are kind of iffy. <laughs> I know, but I, I think I thought of the same. I was like, I but love it has, but for me, it has no bearing. Yeah. It has, it, it has no bearing on how I feel about yeah. the scene in one. That's yeah. I, people say that about stuff. Like, I know people say like, Oh, stuff that happened in the matrix sequels makes me like dampens the first one. I'm like, I know not at all. Like they're separate. Like, it's like, I can remember before those movies existed and I watched the matrix on its own. And I know they're sequels, but I can put out of my head to watch the movies. And like, Blade 2, I'm like, I, or I, not Blade, Blade T-O, not Blade 2, but uh, in Blade as well, like, I could watch that scene of Whistler dying, it's still very emotional, even though I know he'll be back in 2. Also, I love him so much, I'm actually okay with him coming back in 2, because I want them back together again so bad, I don't even care. I love it, like, him too. It's an absolute cheat. It is an absolute cheat, but I think they... I was happy to have him back. I was a little... <laughs> I rolled my eyes a little bit. I rolled it's my eyes a little cheap. bit, I'm gonna be honest. It's they even admit, I think when the, in, whoever said it on two was like, we <laughs> fucked up. We should not have killed him in the first movie. We should have just right. it was too good. We had to bring him back. So we figured out something. And it's a, it's a cheat. It absolutely is a cheat. But it's OK, because I'm so happy when he's back in the movie, because like he adds so much to two that I'm like, oh, thank God you're here. He does. Um, yeah. But I mean, oh, God. So, yeah. So uh, one. Oh, God. So like I, this, I guess I asked this question. Is we like, haven't talked about. Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is I don't know. Blade. I could not pick. I think people. Every, I cannot pick between Blade One or Blade Two. I feel like they are dead heat even for me, and they have been forever. Like since Two came out, I'm like mm. I like them both. I know people pick all the time. I think uh, I don't even know if I could say what people pick more, but I feel like you may lean toward Blade One over Two. But I can. I even today I thought I'm going to solve this. I'm going to watch. 
Blade one and two, you know, this weekend I watched them. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to pick a favorite and I still don't know. Um, I was almost leaning toward Blade one, but then I was like, no, I like too much stuff in Blade two. I don't I'm like to me, they're just dead even. Like to me, they're I, I know it's gonna sound crazy, people. They're five star movies to me, two of my favorite movies. So I cannot pick a favorite. It's like picking a favorite child or something. But um, so I, they're even. I'm gonna cheat and say it's and top. nobody can force you. They can't. <laughs> nobody <laughs> they can force you. You don't have to choose. Uh, Who says yeah. you have to choose? Maybe one day I'll change my mind. But I uh, I think for a long time I thought I thought Blade Two was my favorite, but then it became a dead heat. I was like, no, it's just been a dead heat for a very long time. Like, um, but I'm curious. If you have a favorite, I think I know your answer, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you do too. You know me well enough by now. Uh-huh. One's in the nineties. It has a blood written. <laughs> yeah. One is my favorite. I, I Yeah. <laughs> I think two is incredible. I will say. Putting on my, my podcaster hat mm-hmm. and watching it yesterday again, because I've, I've seen it numerous times. I did I did find when I was I was trying to look at it analytically. Hmm. I found there were some little things that I was like <laughs> I think it's good. But <laughs> I I uh-huh. I definitely for me the first blade is that's it. That's the best one. Fair. I can't argue. I mean it's like if I like them both equally, I'm like yeah no i i mean if i had to guess i would have figured probably that was your yeah your favorite you know and i feel me. like i jumped you know how i am too. i know i know you were trying to say about blade one i feel like i jumped ahead almost trying to british into blade, <laughs> blade two but i'm not we're not there yet so um what well you, you love them blade equally one? you just you I, want to talk about them i know well i, I was know. gonna i wanted to shout out nabouche right as karen the doctor mm. i think she is incredible yeah, she's an incredible like, character. She has great stuff. chemistry yeah. with Wesley Snipes and with Chris Christopherson. Like she, she becomes a part of their little team and just becomes fully integrated. She's smart. She's quick on her feet. The character is resourceful. She gets shit done. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really refreshing <laughs> to have that character. And there is no there's no romance between her and blade. Although I will say when she lets him, when they're at the temple and she, she breaks him out of the, the, the juicing machine. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. So call it the juicing. Where he's being in, in, insanguinated. Um, <laughs> I love that word. I was like, what a word. Wow. It's like when, Love when it. Preston dropped a uh, detritus. Uh, was it detritus? <laughs> yes, it was detritus. Okay. Insanguine. Oh, I just love oh. it. It's a great word. What a word. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, oh, that's good. <laughs> and she lets him feed on her to get his strength up so he can go and fight Deacon Frost. That does feel showdown. sexual in some way. Yeah. yeah, that's a very sensual scene. It's the first time in the film where someone is a vampire is feeding and it actually looks sensual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there is they're not trying to force any romance on us and i love that yeah they really yeah they don't really at all it's like a just a partnership and she is very resourceful yeah. she doesn't help a little bit but she's she's trying she's trying to figure out solutions she's not sitting there like she's like i'm gonna yes. figure out a cure 
And then she's like, oh, well, I also found a weapon by accident so you can blow up vampires. So she's very right. resourceful. Fights for in the temple by herself. Like, also, that set looks incredible. I don't know how they did that. Climbs <laughs> out. Climbs out of the death pit. Yeah. And uses a femur <laughs> uses to help climb out. After she's had to kill her ex-boyfriend, ex-love, the guy they hooked up, you know. And, uh, yeah, that whole <laughs> thing. Like, she has to do that and then climb out of a pit, which looked really hard. I remember even when I first saw it, I was like, Jesus, that looks... I'd be in that pit forever because I'm not getting <laughs> that looked really tough. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Um, that looked tough. I love oh, I we're jumping all over the place. But like back to when they first introduce her, that's like probably the best jump scare in the movie is when the body of Donald Logue's burned. Yeah, body barbecue pops Quinn. Up. Yeah, barbecue Quinn. Because they they lull you into this false sense of security with all this like kind of boring relationship talk or like banal like small talk, and then he just pops off that table and murders that guy <laughs> and i love then, it it's great oh my god then you get like one of the best fucking blade moments of all time when wesley snipes comes in and the cops are shooting him and he's like motherfucker your damn <laughs> which is like one of the <laughs> only so moments good. of like levity for blade in the whole movie like but it's it's such a good like the way he looks at them and the way he delivers that line is so fin- yes. fantastic like um they do they do kind of like give him a little more lightness in blade 2 like not over the top but a little more like a little more fun. He's very serious in yeah. Blade, the first Blade. Like very serious. Uh, <laughs> and I but think it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. It's almost it's really reckless though where he throws Karen out that window <laughs> like of the <laughs> hospital. I'm always like, I, I hope you aimed because she just flung her across the city block. <laughs> like, like Blade. It worked out. It, it worked out. out. It's a real gamble though. It was a real if he's like an inch off, a couple inches off either way. <laughs> he's either hitting the top of that roof or hitting the side of the building. <laughs> No, but you're right though. That is it was part risky. Kind of laugh this time. I was like, that's a little <laughs> silly. But um then I God, then the the whole crazy ending with the Lamagra and the blood god and how the vampires because when they die or the skeletal spirit demons yeah. that fly out of their body is like holy shit. Um so that gets a little CGI heavy at the end. And then have you ever seen the alternate ending of this? No. The original ending. Oh my god, uh-uh. they avoided a disaster because <laughs> their original idea <laughs> was when Steven Dorf gets the whole Lamagra blood god powers that he would like turn into this basically a tornado of blood. So it was like a oh. CGI blood tornado, and then Steven Dorf's head like popped out of it. <laughs> they didn't have the technology for that. No. And apparently, I think they claimed it was not fully finished. But I was like, even if you finish it, it would look very stupid because it's a. it looked awful. It is. Um, it's probably even worse than you're thinking for me describing it. Like, yeah, no, so no, thank you. Badly done. And it's like, I don't want like, that. You can't have this. Like, this is a disaster. <laughs> no. And thank God they went with what they did. Like, um, even though there was some of that weird globby cgi blood i don't mind yeah it's just like i'm fine with it yeah i mean i do love the effect of him like cutting him in half and then he pulls himself back together that's one of my favorite (laughs) moments in the movie blades what the fuck oh yeah his silent what the fuck (laughs) oh i love it good i love it i mean that whole sequence that's our sequence where i get so excited too when like blade is back after he drinks blood and then comes back in to fuck shit up and then gets his sunglasses back and it's like Oh shit, it's on now. <laughs> and he's like in like yes. beast mode. And he's like just like snarling and like screaming at people and like just fucking guys up. Um 
God, it's so good. I was like, this is fantastic. It's glorious. <laughs> it's so good. Um, it's, I mean, the fight choreography is really good. Like I'm no expert in fight choreography. Like I'm, you know, I'm no Mike Scott, but I do my best. <laughs> but it's like, uh, they, I know what's happening to do a bunch of stuff. I know we had good stunt teams and like, it's really good fights. Um, that was kind of a knock, I think, against like the first movie is that uh, Stephen Dwarf Frost is kind of like not a real physical threat until he becomes right. Lamagra. Yes. Um, because before that, he's just kind of like a dick. He's just kind of like a. Yeah. Like a... I mean, he he just sends out his familiars and his. His enforcers, basically. Right. He doesn't have to do any actual fighting himself. He's a lover, not a fighter. That's what it feels like. Yeah, he's a real lover, not a fighter right. type. And then, but they have a really good sword fight. The ending is incredible. It's one of, it's probably it the most famous line of the movie. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice get a pill. Just. <laughs> Let's just say, he, I mean, he has some great ones. Some of my favorites are when he's, he's giving Karen the orientation oh my God. <laughs> into <Yeah. laughs> you know into what this whole vampire thing is mm -hmm. and and they're dealing with that vampire familiar that the cop and he <laughs> when when the cop says fuck you and he says fuck me no you fuck this and he pulls his gut <laughs> i mean come on it's oh. so good it talks yeah. about the world you live in is a sugar-coated sugar topping topic. like <laughs> Which I think was in the trailer. And I feel like that trailer is oh, going to my brain too. It. And like they do what I was thinking about this too. They do an amazing job, I feel like, of setting you up the world you're in and the rules like very yes. quickly and succinctly. Like it, it it's just like and the way they deliver it is, I mean, with Blade telling you stuff, it just sounds cool anyway. But it's just like the uh Yeah. I mean, just like yeah, the the world you live in sugar card topping thing has always been great. Like he gives you the the rules will real quick like garlic silver sunlight uh crosses don't do shit like you get all the really quickly boom 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 like you get like the the familiar thing everything's explained like very well and very quickly and it's not i mean it's exposition but i don't feel like it feels like a they're doing exposition dumps it's like all happening no because within. it's blade talking to you right <laughs> she is the audience surrogate for sure like she is a like a real right. like we got to get the information that she's no, getting it's great um so good it's great but i jumped you back i jumped you back let's go back to that final scene yes some of the first all trying to get a pill yeah this, like, yes uh, oh my god and then, one of the most memorable it's, it's so good it's so good um and then he just blows him up like a balloon which is uh definitely i mean it's a little dated cgi but i still love the effect because it's so like over the top like oh ridiculous. yeah like, we just balloons up and explodes and it's like oh, it's okay. great the first time we see him use it earlier oh yeah in that hallway when he's first this. entering mm -hmm. in the hallway when they the shots where the vampire blown up vampires are on the ground it looks really good it's it's, it's the vampire that's standing up that uh, something about the proportions and the oh the animation uh. that looks weird but i'm okay with it <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's 1998 cgi it's gonna be some yeah. it's gonna be not great but they don't thank god they didn't lean on it too much they could have done way more <laughs> like than yes. they did well yes <laughs> yes yes um god I'm trying i to mean think, I we didn't... haven't we've managed yeah. to not say for younger listeners 
that this is before the whole MCU. Oh, yeah. I, we didn't have like this whole ongoing franchise, never ending comic book superhero movie thing going. We didn't have that. Yeah, this was like a blip so, on the radar. Like at this point, yeah. it was like, yeah. And there the was before, no rule book. 97 was a disaster for superhero movies because I think I'm forgetting more, but the top of my head, the steel with Shaq. And then you had Batman and Robin. Right. Which I know people love right. now. But if you were there in 97, Batman and Robin was an unmitigated disaster. People were like, were like, well, Batman's yes. done. Superheroes are done. Like, it was pretty bad. Like, I, you know, as ten, a 10-year-old, I was like, oh, fuck Batman and Robin. Like, I was like, this is bad. So <laughs> it kind of seemed like things were not going well for superheroes. And blade is so, i mean it's different now and it's different then like it just comes out of nowhere it feels like blade is a, when you say yes. you didn't read blade comics if anybody tells you they religiously read blade comics they're probably lying to you <laughs> like i i you know he's his character was around for a while um popped up in things i knew him like the spider-man cartoon in the 90s it's like my only introduction with him was that sure. like, he was not an a-level character at all um so that happening was like it's probably almost better though because no one has any oh it is preconceived better notions about the character like absolutely come, comes out of nowhere and can be this you know be this thing and no one's like complaining about it like well in the comics Blade did this like nobody it's like no, no one's mm -hmm. doing that um and it's rated R which seems like I don't think the new Blade is gonna be rated R which seems thank kind you of, God seems kind of tough when you're making a vampire movie There's bring a lot of blood. back rated R comic book movies. Bring back yeah. rated R superhero movies. <laughs> I I agree. Please. <laughs> please. Somebody, please. <gasps> somebody. I don't know. Sorry. Well, the superhero trend is Sorry. going. It's okay. The superhero <laughs> trend is going in a weird way right now. So we might circle back to like more random type of. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I don't know. Um, they might try some things if they but get yeah, desperate. This, this movie was. There wasn't really anything like it then. And when all these comic book franchises got so big in the in the new millennium, they were not like this either. They're not like yeah. this. It's it's its own thing. It's very much its, its own beautiful. thing. The, the funny thing was that uh, I don't think Blake gets enough credit for kind of setting the table for like the Matrix the next year. And I'm sure... Matrix mm. was already shooting because that came out like in March of April 99 and this came out like August 98. But it is funny. I was like, how much of this feels like it's like a cousin to the Matrix, like the style, uh, obviously. Yeah. The there's even like a little bullet time effect when he shoots a Deacon Frost and like it's not That's quite true. bullet time, but it's like a little, you know, and like just they feel of a piece to me. Like, and it was funny because I remember like Blade being the coolest thing I've ever seen, and then going to see Matrix and saying out loud, like that was the coolest thing yes. I've ever seen. So it was like, absolutely was in heaven. Um, I don't, I didn't make notes about play. I should have, cause I have so much, I feel like I want to say, I just, it's so fucking cool. I love it. Okay. I love it. Okay. It's, so yeah. we, in the interest of being balanced, uh -huh. <laughs> I'm going to say a couple of things. I'll just say for the people who are saying like, that we're just too, we're, this is too much of a love fest. I will say a couple of things that I think could have been improved. Okay, that's fair. 
<laughs> or that I, I think are questionable. They're very minor things, but it just, okay. I'll put this out there for the people that want fair and balanced <laughs> reviews. Uh-huh. Blade having memories of his mother in labor. That's silly. I thought about that too. I was like, how did that work? Is that something to do with like vampire imprinting because he got that silly? Uh, yeah. I, no, that's bullshit. Trust me. I thought about it. It didn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> so I will concede that doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make any sense. It's fine. <laughs> Pearl, the record keeper. Oh, God. <laughs> what do you want to say about that? <laughs> I, 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 I don't why i don't know is... and i yeah i haven't read the comic so i don't know is this a character taken is this some obscure character taken from one of the comics i have no idea but it's it's pretty silly Come it's on. weird it's it's uh it feels <laughs> weird. like a thing it feels like a thing that'd be in del toro's blade 2 more than the first blade yes like, it does feel like it's way out of place almost i think it's yes it was kind of disturbing to me when i was younger i was like because you don't expect to see that and then it's like the little weird voice that they give them and how they burn them alive. It's all, it's very odd. It's very odd. It's like, why is this? Why? It is a weird touch. I mean, speaking of, I didn't mean to cut you off, but speaking of weird touches, like the whole blade and his mom, Oedipal, it's kind of oh. an Oedipus thing going on. Like, <laughs> like uh, there's a little too much. I mean, it's like, you feel like it's not really his mom anymore because she's a vampire and I, you know. And she a... said, she basically says that to him. Yeah. yeah that your mom exactly. died a long time ago. And I, I guess maybe they have to, he's going to have to kill his mom. Right. <laughs> and so how can you convince the audience that like there is no maternal. Right. <laughs> anything left mm -hmm. to her. I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's interesting. Like, it's oh, creepy. It's weird tension icky. here. Yeah, it is kind of icky. <laughs> It's kind of icky, uh, and I love that you know Blade is able to say, "Don't touch me." Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't Blade touch has me. listen. Blade has boundaries, and it's like, he's like he does. Like I'm a person. Um, Ick. <laughs> it is weird, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not Lathan <laughs> is good. It, she doesn't have much to work with. She's not in the movie very much, but uh, no. you know, it's a, like a weird shock when she comes in. You're like, wait, how is Blade's mom here? Like, and then that whole You're thing like, is wait, weird. What? But, he just kills her. It's fine. <laughs> like, just kill it. It's minor. Uh, it's it's minor. minor. Again, it's minor. Yeah. I just had to say it in case anyone was saying, like, we don't, you know, we don't have blinders on. These Blade 1 and Blade 2 are two movies. But these great are minor examples. things. Yeah, these are minor things. Like, But they're two great examples of, like, I'm giving them five stars in letterbox. I understand they are probably not, like, objectively five-star movies. But to me, they are. And, uh, but it's one of those this things. This comes up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, around how we rate movies. Everyone is entitled to rate however the fuck they want. If you're rating based on how you think something stacks up technically and kind of like in terms of art form, fine. In terms of how much you enjoyed it, a mix of the two. I mean, it's your rating. You can read it however you want. I know. On whatever scale you want, taking into consideration any factors that you want. <laughs> I understand. I just it's funny sometimes. I'm like, these are probably not five star movies by anybody else's measure. Nobody has people, to apologize. People like these movies, but uh, you know, I'm not a. I, I just thought it was funny. I was like, especially Blade Two. I think I have more 
things I could nitpick or things that I think are kind of uh-huh. like, huh? But I still love Blade 2. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, anything else on Blade 1 you want to say? I think just of? love it. I, I love the score. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think yeah. the score is incredible. It's perfect. I think... Yes, the vibes, the settings, overall the storytelling, the casting. This movie is infinitely rewatchable. I get why it's one of your favorites, because it's definitely a movie I love. Very much my aesthetic. It's, it's, oh, <laughs> it's such a good time. Hayden. It's uh, such a good time. Hayden Gilbert, I think. Oh, I, I, what did I, Letterboxd or something I showed him. And he's like, Matt, I think you're favorite genre is just cool guys with guns and i was like i think that's yeah i, that's I mean very accurate i get it uh, so i mean blade uh, was uh, yeah blade has a distinction for me mm-hmm. of being one of the few times that i'm rooting for the vampire hunter oh yeah that's i didn't think about that but yeah usually on the vampires i'm usually <laughs> rooting for the vampires i know our lost As Boys discussion folk, yes <laughs> folks who listen to the lost boys episode will know that I was rooting for the vampires. Yeah, we took a poll. And I thought episode. it was a sad ending. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'll and I don't know if we've talked about this on mic uh-huh. since. That yes, I did actually put out a poll to find out how people felt about the Frog Brothers. Uh-huh. And Twitter spoke. <laughs> you guys like them. I you're like, I don't get it, but I accept the results. I don't get of... it, but, you know, yeah. that's fine. That's... <laughs> I'm outnumbered. Uh, Wouldn't be the well, first time in my life. I'm glad you're on Blade's side, though. I'd be sad if you were like, I'm still anti-Blade. <laughs> yeah, like... no, this is the this is one of the few times where I'm rooting for the vampire hunter. Good. good. Doesn't happen okay. very often. <laughs> oh, all right. This, good, good. This might actually be the only time. Wow, Actually, I need you. I need you to make a list now of like times where you root for the vampire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow, this might be it. okay. <laughs> well, you think you think on that uh, either now or after the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, not the show. Did you watch the show? Not the show. I did watch the show. You were still rooting for the vampire. I was rooting for the vampires. <laughs> oh. But How in about... Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie, I was rooting for Buffy. How about when it's Christopher Lee and like Peter Cushing? You still you're anti Cushing? You like I'm not anti Cushing. I love Peter Cushing. Uh huh. In that one, I'm kind of neutral. Okay, because I really like him as Van Helsing. So I was like, that's a, that's a good He's one. He's great uh, as Van Helsing. He's the best Van Helsing, I think. I, I yeah, probably agree. I don't think I can think of anybody who's like a better off the top of my head. So. Uh, okay, I'm glad you're on Blade's side. I'm trying to think really quick for one or two other things. Uh, God, every, like I just like everything. The fucking car is cool. Uh, oh yeah, the muscle cool. car is the great. With the fucking thing, blow people's hands off. Uh, yes, that great the sword line. Is awesome. Every line they give him is so like it's like here's a cool line. Like when he's talking to Karen about to go into that club, and he's like, "There's worse uh-huh. things out there than vampires." Like what? Like like me does flips the sword, puts like yes. I was like, oh oh god, it's just. <laughs> the coolest um and it is so many he cool is. little things wesley snipe does like it's the wesley snipe show i was really watching it again like supporting cast great but it is all about Wesley Snipes being blade like he just like everything is perfect every little like the little like quiet what the fuck that he does when he sees like 
yes. Ross, like, you know, like all he that just stuff. embodies. He just completely becomes and embodies this character. Yeah, it's and every it's little incredible. thing he does is like, yes, that's Blade. Yeah, it's I love thing. that. I love that Whistler is like his cue. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like his line about he makes the weapons. I use them. It's just. Oh, yeah. So I just like, everything about it. Everything about it. I love it. Uh, so I do feel bad for is Stephen Norrington, who I think did a really good job directing this. And the, I didn't yeah. know to, today because I was like, wait, I don't know the story of why he didn't do two because one was a success and it was well received. So you would think that give the director a chance to do it. Apparently he passed to go do League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, which so may sorry, be one Steven. of the worst choices because <laughs> that oh, I don't Steven. think he's made other movies since Sean Connery retired the movie like that movie just destroyed people's like careers. <laughs> uh, um, it's a damn shame. Yeah, I, it's man. It's crazy because he does a really good well, job. <laughs> and this is this is a really interesting thing to juxtaposition these two because League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Comic books, Alan Moore. Right, right. I think what's interesting is is you can see where where you have like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen has this incredible it's this incredible universe and concept the execution <laughs> yeah is garbage <laughs> a movie I don't think I've rewatched since the theater in 2003 but I was very excited about I it. have I have rewatched like it. I have. Trust me. I I wanted, I I wanted to check in with myself. Like, is this as bad as I remember? And the, I wanted so much to like it because the concept is really cool. Because Alan Moore is a genius of storytelling, so the concepts that he came up with that inspired the movie are really cool. The execution did not work out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently very troubled production from different standpoints. Yeah. Blade, on the other hand, is like you have a, a cool concept, but it's not. <laughs> it's really not that unique. Yeah. Yeah. But the way that it's executed. Makes this really stand out and be this unique experience. Yeah. And the funny thing was that I think I just heard some other podcasts are talking about Spawn. From 97. Also uh -huh. not a well-liked comic movie 97. Um, I thought I kind of liked Spawn all these years because I was 10 when it came out. I uh -huh. love Spawn. Wow, I just watched it like a week ago. Holy no. shit, it's so much worse than I remember. It's so bad. <laughs> I was like, oh my it god. Happens. It was I should not have I just should have stayed in my memories. Like it's so that movie did so badly that apparently the new yeah. line executives were breathing down Stephen Norrington's neck on Blade, which came right after was their next comic book movie. So I'm just surprised it turned out so like because they were just all over apparently, but it turned out yeah fantastic. So um yeah, Spawn is bad. I don't know the last time you saw Spawn, you, but I can't. <laughs> you know what threw me for a loop as I was researching for this episode? Hmm. Stephen Norrington, because I was like, oh, he didn't direct much. Yeah. And then I was looking, he had a bunch of special effects credits. He worked on special effects crews. Mm -hmm. Aliens, Alien 3. Oh. Mm-hmm. So we had some credits, but then then they threw this one at me. <laughs> he has an acting credit. The voice of Gump in Return to Oz. <laughs> what? Wow. It's 
very random. Mind blown. <laughs> he has a brief cameo in Blade. He's when they're yeah. driving to that club to follow the cop familiar guy. There's a vampire with long hair biting a woman on the side of the like the street, and that's Stephen Norrington apparently. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Poor guy. He didn't do two. Um, okay, quick. T- my Blade <laughs> Halloween costume story. Where I think I told us before because I thought Blade was like the coolest guy in the world. I really he is. To, I, he, he is. I wanted to go as Blade for that Halloween. That would have been eleven still. Um, and in that's like one of the last times I go trick or treating because I think this is a weird thing. In my city, we have a law on the books that you cannot go trick-or-treating past, I believe it's 12. Shut up. And then I thought this was normal my whole life because this has been how I grew up. It's like, hey, you're cut off at 12. You can't trick-or-treat. And then my city made like national news a few years ago because people got a hold of this law. and They were like, this is fucking crazy because it's like the the, the law said they need to like find you or throw you in jail or, or throw That's your parents bullshit. in jail or something. Yeah. Like, okay. And I didn't know it wasn't normal. I thought every town had a cutoff for trick-or-treating. I, I have a rant about this. <laughs> Please go ahead. I so yeah. I have city, a rant about that's yeah. bullshit. Oh. Go it's, rant away. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wholesome fun activity. Do you want uh, people are so scared of teenagers drinking, having premarital sex? The kid wants to go trick or treating. <laughs> right. Someone wants to engage in something as harmless as trick or treating. Are you fucking joking me right now? It's give the bizarre. kids some candy. It's yeah, it's so weird. And then I, so I didn't think it was weird because I just thought every town must have had their own like, you know, you stop trick or treating at a certain age, you're too old or whatever. And then I found out this was crazy, and people would like post, oh, this this like this is such a stupid law, like. It's like, and what you're saying, basically, it's better for kids to go out trick-or-treating than go do other shit. And trust me, once we couldn't go trick-or-treating anymore, we're a bunch of fucking hooligans because all we can do is go, like, you know, harass, like, other kids and try to steal candy or, like, egg houses yeah. or toilet paper. Also, I want to be clear, I wasn't really a part of that. I was just, like, I would be, like, around <laughs> kids doing that shit. Uh, trust me, I'm not the kid The statute people. of limitations has run <laughs> no, out. I'm not I mean, the one bullying people. Trust, trust me. But I was hanging around with like the kids who would do that kind of shit. <laughs> I remember one year I had first, my first year I got a car. I was driving through a neighborhood trying to follow my friend who was an asshole and was like speed. Like he would like do donuts in a court or he was trying to like he was trying to peel off and like. But there's like trick or treaters out walking around. So my friend like takes off like a dick and then I try to like follow him. But I'm not even like speed him trying to like follow him and this guy right like steps almost in front of my car and he starts screaming at me <gasps> with other people in the car he's like hey guy it was like hey hey you kid or so there's other kids going around i'm like i didn't he was the one that peeled off i'm just trying to follow him. <laughs> like sir I'm, i haven't <laughs> even got it going yet like i haven't even pushed the gas pedal so all kinds of shit so if you look up like chesapeake virginia uh, trick or treat laws. You'll probably find articles from like all these national news things being like, "Isn't this fucking crazy?" <laughs> and I heard that I was like, "I." It was like I had Stockholm syndrome. Like I didn't know it was weird or something. You know, I was like, "What?" So anyway, that was a side tangent to a side tangent. But yeah, I was trying to go as Blade. My mom's like, <laughs> very kindly, like saying, "Like, are you sure?" <laughs> like you think you can pull it off? <laughs> like, and, but she's like, "It's very hard to find a leather trench coat for a child." <laughs> I hadn't hit a growth spurt yet. She's not wrong. I remember I was really. She's not about wrong. 
she tried we i remember we had the sword but i was mad the sword wasn't the right sword because i'm like it's curved the sword is straight like i was really particular um i was like i need cool sunglasses i was like this we just gave up eventually because i was like and all the coat this whole costume is ridiculous like um because i just wanted to be blade it was like that was you know it was that's all it was i just wanted to wear like dress up like blade um but it did not happen i can't remember what i even did that year but i i tried um and <laughs> <laughs> i find a trench coat for an 11 year old um <laughs> it was like who knows how tall I was that time? I had my growth spurt. So, um, yeah. but yeah, that's how much I love Blade. I really just was wanting to be Blade so bad, and uh, didn't work out. But <laughs> anyway, back to say lovey. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. But uh, back to the movie. So, Blade <laughs> Two. I don't know about you. I was so excited for Blade Two. I'd wait four years for Blade Two, and I was like, finally, it's here. I don't know how I got to see it because pretty sure I just went with my stepsister, who's only one year mm. older than me. Neither one of us, I think, would have been 17 to get me to already. But I got in there opening weekend. Like, I had to she be there. She got lucky. I, I guess that, yeah, they didn't card at this theater, check anybody's IDs. Like, because my my normal theater when I was a kid was like, they were like Nazis about, <laughs> about the IDs. Like, they had people at doors. Like, even if you made oh. it past the first wave, like, you had, there was somebody at the door. It depends on the movie, but like, something that was like very... I guess made controversial or like a really and then you kids were to sneak in. I remember they had people for Kill Bill, like at the door. Oh, okay. I just turned seventeen. No, that wouldn't have been right. I don't know. Somehow I got past them, but they definitely had people at the door. Like they were intense about it. It's a different theater I saw it at. Uh, it was like a new place at the time. I think my rest of my family would see some like nice movie. Me and my stepsister were like, let's go see Blade 2. Fuck yeah. Like, and got in there and had the time of my life because I was like, oh God, another Blade movie, finally. Um, <laughs> loved it. Again, I think when I first saw it, I was like, this is even better than Blade 1 because it just gets right to it. And there's so much action. Sure. And blah, blah, blah. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Where were you at with Blade 2? <laughs> were you like in the in their opening weekend? Um, you know, I was trying to remember. Uh it's getting this is something that I am sad to report. My memory of where I was the first time I saw movies is starting to get fuzzy. It kind of blinks in and out. Well, mine's so bad for I'm, most of the time. <laughs> I'm not sure if I saw it in the theater or as soon as it was released, you know, for rental. Mm -hmm. But I was excited for it. And I did see it as soon as I could. I just don't remember. I, I must have been in the movie theater. This is something I definitely would have seen in the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Because I was excited for it, too, because Blade was so awesome. Was, you know, you had to see it. <laughs> and did you know anything about Totoro's work before this? Because I didn't know anything about Guillermo Totoro as a director. I didn't at that time. Yeah, I had no, no. idea who he was. <laughs> it's like, and he'd been doing stuff for a while. So, like, I, I know Mimic was yeah, like Yeah, because I, I was him, late but... to Kronos. I saw Kronos after this. I know. I still haven't seen Kronos. I feel bad, but yeah. Oh, it's so good. That could be an October watch this year. I think that uh... you got to see Kronos. And I still haven't seen Devil's Backbone Promise either. Promise me. Promise me. Oh okay. my God. Friends. <laughs> hey, let me just lay it on now while. Yeah. Okay. All right. Double feature. I'm going to pull a you and put on Twitter. I'm doing a double <laughs> some night. Yeah. Kronos and Devil's Please. Backbone. I'll add, they're both in my watch. I don't know, dude. They're both my watch list, but I will watch them. I will watch them this October. 
You have my word. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. This is for your own good. I'm doing this for your own oh, good. No, I, want to, I want to see them. Own. I they I've been to see them for years, but I just, you know, I've got around to it. Yeah. So. At the time this came out, I I I didn't know. And I think it's beautiful now revisiting it. The it's like Guillermo Toro's hand is all over this. Like, yes, yeah, that's his style was... really comes through, and he's so perfect. He was the perfect choice to direct this because of kind of where the story's going. Yeah, yeah, because he was the perfect choice. In hindsight, it makes so much sense. At the time, I I I didn't know what I was walking into. Right, at the time they were like, people are like, who was this guy? Or like, oh. He made that mimic movie that I don't think did very well. And people didn't. I mean, I know right. he had like a terrible time because he's dealing with the fucking Weinsteins, but it's like on uh mimic. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. That's one thing I was gonna bring up. It's like we talked about like MCU stuff now versus the, like people say because everyone says like, oh, people the directors come in, they kind of like bow down to like the MCU template or style. Del Toro's Blade Two is like so Del Toro that it's crazy. Like it's such a guilt to tour movie. It's yeah. not like he, he changed anything about himself or his style. He just made blade two. And it's like, it's so his movie. It's like, it's very impressive and more impressive. I think now than even was the time. Cause I'm like, you can't make a sequel to something. They made it so distinct. And that, that's why I like too, cause blade and blade two to me are very different. It's like, even though one thing I do have to critique they they make a lot of the same story beats. I almost think incidentally, like minor mm. like beats that are kind of exactly the same. Like, how do we subdue Blade? Oh, electricity again. Oh, how do we get Blade? Oh, Blade's like in a blood trap and then he has blood again. Oh, how do we get Blade back? Blood. Like it all there's like similar beats between the movies, but like Sure. It's so it's so Del Toro. I don't I heard so I can't remember Del but somebody was complaining about the look of Blade 2 that they thought it just looked I love like the orange and blue like looks of the movie, like how how it's so like yellow, orange, and then the, like he's got the, the blues, and that's like his color palette he's working with. I like the look. I think it's very distinct. I don't know. I I like. Well, it's I, it's very comic book. It it harkens back to comics. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that that Del Toro brings to this. Is it 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 definitely feels more like a comic book film. Some of the the way things are shot and the color choices. And some of the characters, like all the way that they're it, the way that it comes together feels a lot more like a comic book. And the music, there's a there's a whimsical aspect to the score in some parts. Like uh the one that stuck out to me was when we're when the blood pack first comes in and they're all suited up mm-hmm. and they're doing like these acrobatics. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the music <laughs> is kind of whimsical, kind of circusy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it is, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a very different feel, and it works. I I think the style choices here, and the the tonal choices, I think really work. And Del Toro is a master of doing this stuff. Yeah, and and it's I think I would say it's more horror based than the first movie. Yes, because the Reapers yeah, we got are creatures fucking terrifying <laughs> and there's a yes. lot of gnarly stuff with them that i feel like del toro's the right guy he lo- like <laughs> listen that, okay i will recommend great commentary on blade 2 if they're still on the blu-ray um there's a del toro commentary with a producer 
but it's really del toro's show often the just kind of like kind of leading the kind of question del toro i love him talking about movies i love him talking about, so it's that's a fun commentary that's like a real like good like technical one then there's a wesley snipes david goyer commentary where they're just kind of goofing mm. off but it's really fun like at one point they even joke like are we just doing a mystery science Theater 2000 right now <laughs> Like, and it makes me kind of sad, though, because that relationship goes so south on Blade Trinity. But, like, you can right. tell they get along really well in the commentary of Blade 2. But it's a very fun commentary to make. It's, like, I think they're having a good time watching it. So it's, like, two different commentaries. They're both very entertaining. I listen to them so much back in the day. I would, like, throw on Blade 2 with a commentary track, like, as, like, my background. I'm like, oh, I got to relax. Throw on Blade 2 with the commentary. Nice. And I can't recommend this enough. But, like, um... But I mean, Del Toro has all these ideas. I can't remember. I think it's like Goyer yeah. was he type saying like he comes like notebooks full of like creature designs and how things should look. And like I feel like that autopsy scene on that Reaper is like just Del Toro having so much fun. Like it's it's yes. so gross. He loves that stuff, yes. and it shows. He loves comic books. Yes, he brings that up a lot. He too, loves yeah. creatures and monsters and horror. He loves all that stuff, and his love for it really comes through in the way this film is done. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that the opening scene in Blade 2 is like, they're just like, we're not going to try a top Blade 1, really. We're going to do, because the opening is that blood bank scene, which is way more yeah. horror-based, which is, I think, good film true. Like, it's a whole different tone than the first. It's like, let's do a horror thing. Um, and it is kind of creepy, and you don't know what's going on. And then it gets very violent. Like, when he bites yeah. the old woman, there's like a blood explosion on the wall behind her and then he throws another guy that like i remember toro being like oh it makes like a looney tunes cartoon imprint on the the tile wall and like and like very stylish and you're like what the fuck is that guy's deal and then then you're in and there was an action scene right after that with blade but it's like yeah they they which is a fun set piece where he's just chasing that that guy and like and then catches him and that guy gets really beat up and shot and i love the line about like it's not silver but it still fucking hurts or something <laughs> it's like <laughs> um and that's even more blade being like playful because he's on the motorcycle in that scene and he like gets close to his car and he like he's yeah. like, about to hit it but he's like it blows it a kiss like and it's just like okay you're like he's a little more playful in two already like yeah which continues the whole movie <laughs> but no um, absolutely yeah it's kind yeah. of a cool thing between one and two it's like one has that epilogue where Blade is in Moscow. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because that part is. And I remember <laughs> yeah. at the time seeing that was like, oh, that's fucking cool. Blade is like going international. Blade around the world. Yeah, Blade International. And to, you know, and to see him in, you know, just a very different setting. Yeah. You know, in the snow. It, it's just great. And so it, I think it's really cool when we open up this and then we're in Prague. And so we're getting this kind of old world feel, which is which is cool with any kind of vampire mm -hmm. lore that involves the old world because vampires are immortal and they're alive for centuries. <laughs> and this grimy Euro, like like these like grimy districts in an Eastern European country, <laughs> uh, you know? Uh -huh. yeah. And I, I think that's especially cool too, because, you know, by the 2000s, New York is not the grimy New York of the 70s. Right. At early right. 80s, you know, and so I think it was kind of cool to like move him out of New York, take him international and send him to these really cool locations like Prague. I think it's awesome.
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that ending of Blade because it's like almost easy to forget that's the ending because they would cut that ending off on TV sometimes too. They would stop right at him and uh, Karen having a conversation, which always made me mad. I was like, hey, where's the fucking Russia ending? Yeah. <laughs> and is, again, him striking a really cool pose too. And he gets the like uh, comrade or something. And then you're like, oh my God, Blade Air National. What's it's like, what a great setup. And they follow up on that pretty well. <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the whole thing is like, oh, he's trying to find Whistler, which again, we told us earlier, kind of a cheat. But I'm okay because I like their chemistry so much. I like Chris Christopherson so much. I'm like, that's fine. Bring it back. It doesn't make any sense. But um, also somebody pointed out on the commentary, remember it was, that they think it's very funny that because Whistler has his wedding ring on the back of that giant scale. And they're like, so you thought Blade would travel everywhere with this gigantic scale (laughs) and his wedding ring? I was like, oh, my God. Why'd you point that out to me? (laughs) Because now every time I see it, I'm like. I was like, that's funny. I was like, that's a weird thing to be like, yeah, Blade will take this giant scale where he goes and my ring will be attached to it. Don't worry. Um, little stuff like that. But yeah, it's like, again, not like a big that. deal. Just picky stuff. But um, yeah, now... I'm I'm happy to have Whistler back in this. Right. Mm-hmm. I think. OK, well, OK. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think this is a great film and I really enjoy it. And prior to preparing for this episode, I would have said like Blade and Blade 2 were neck and neck with Blade just barely inching ahead of it. Now. Watch I this time around I watched them back to back. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Like I literally like the credits rolled Next blade I two, took okay. a quick bathroom bake and I put on blade two. And I think that that affected kind of my experience because the juxtaposition having watching them right one right after the other. I, I did notice I was a little more critical because I do kind of lean, my sensibilities lean more towards the first one. So like the whistler thing, so happy to have him back. This go around, I did, I'm going to admit it, I did find myself being a little like, but I wish you had a better story for why the vampires kept him, how the vampires kept him. Like some of those little details. Yeah, yeah. I found I was a little less... I I don't okay. know. It's okay. It, it's not, but I'm it's, happy to have yeah. him back. I'm happy to have him back. So it's it's one of those. It's like okay, those little details. Yeah, not my favorite. But Whistler's back, and I <laughs> love the dynamics between him and Blade. And then now the addition of Scud, and so you have this new school, old school thing going. They do like their bickering a lot. Oh, I love like, it. Whistler I love hates that him like immediately. Immediately <laughs> can't stand him. Um. And they just are each other's throats instantly. Uh, yeah, I don't. God, I can't remember. Like, was there any reason to keep Whistler alive by the vamp? Like torturing him? I don't know. Like feet? Like just very weird. So, and then someone had to come back and get Whistler after Blade left him at the. You know what I mean? It's like right. It's, this is what I'm ready. saying. They're Blade too. Okay, you have to not Blade. think about those things very closely. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot of stuff rewatching Blade Two, which I just rewatched today. I. I don't know if you funny. I don't know if I watch them like back to back directly, but I took like two days in between them this time. But 
there's Blade 2 raises a lot of questions about things where I'm like, I could really nitpick this to death if I wanted to. If you I wanted to, you could. And I don't want to. It's definitely one of those cases where people say if you're really enjoying a movie, you'll let a lot of things slide. And if you're not enjoying a movie, you'll start nitpicking it to death. Like, uh, so I, <laughs> I could my my thing that I've always thought was just like nonsense, but I don't care is like the light bomb <laughs> stuff in the tunnels. Because how does light like the like the way the light is like going? Don't say that to me. I love that scene. That's oh, it's amazing. No, no, it's a, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's so visually awesome. I don't care that yes. like the physics make no sense because like if light hits like a dead end of a tunnel, I mean you'll see like a little glow, but it's like right. taking corners and taking turns. Like now that you could... say that to me, now that you say that to me, you're not wrong. Sorry, somebody points that out in the commentary. I don't know who it is, but they're like. They're like, well, this makes no sense. But again, it's like, it looks so cool visually that it's like, who gives a shit? Which is right. like my whole thing with like both play movies. But play two, I think, has a lot of that stuff where it's like, I'm not sure this makes any sense, but it looks cool. <laughs> like, and I don't know how like, like when the light bomb goes off and like niece, uh, like falls in the water, like she gets yeah. a little burned. <laughs> but like, I'm like that protect. I mean, I guess that makes a little sense. But there's just like little things you could like nitpick at it, like yes. you know. But uh, you know. It is what it is. But sorry, the light thing has always bothered me. I'm like, that's not how it... <laughs> unless it's like a super special bomb that they made that like I don't know. Bends light and you know it's like, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, there's there's little stuff like that. <laughs> um there's uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's whatever. It's so much fun. You know, it's once you've this seen this movie is a lot of fun and it's... it looks incredible. Yeah. So yeah. I, I yeah. I, I there's think, a lot of things that get a pass yeah i think it's very well paced i i think i thought for a long time it was like faster paced than one but i mean i've seen the most many times that it's it just kind of it moves along from one thing to the next very quickly like very back, quickly oh the vampires have invaded to invite blade to the thing oh they're at the vampire headquarters oh shit Cruise yeah the it's go like, it's go like, boom, go boom, boom it's like yeah it does not slow down um I love how Shakespearean the vampire family stuff gets with like Damascus oh. <laughs> and uh, uh, Nisa and that whole thing and like uh, his big old robe and uh, <laughs> like there it's all yeah. this like family Shakespearean stuff. I know Del Toro was excited about that because um, he said he was talking about how much he loved that stuff on the commentary. I remember he was like. He was like, oh, it's so it's Shakespearean, like it's like it's like a big drama, like. Um, like he just was loving that, um, and it, so I figured you'd probably up your alley if you like dramatic vampire relations and all that. <laughs> like... I do, yeah, I do. I think, <laughs> I think something that the pacing of this that made difficult about those aspects is that, like, like the blood pack, we're introduced to them very quickly. And then, and then they're just killed, and we don't really know. <laughs> I think they killed very quickly. Like we don't really know much about these characters and their relationships to each other, besides the obvious. Right. We just know the they obvious one. To hunt the, the obvious ones that are killer that are a couple. Yeah. Uh, light was it? Light hammer. Light hammer and, and Verlaine. Verlaine. Verlaine 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 yeah that <laughs> um, like they're obviously a couple but like we don't know 
really anything about them. Nisa and um and her father, like we don't we know that they're related, but we don't really know much. So it's I like I like the idea, I like the concept, but they do kind of rush through it. So I didn't feel it as much. This is one of I can't believe I'm saying this. One of the rare times I think a movie could have been longer. Yes. <laughs> like maybe yes. not like I'm saying like 15 minutes. It's under two hours. Yeah. Great. Usually I love that. It could have probably been like 215. Like it could have probably been like we need a little more because I, I was thinking we're especially by the time we get into the tunnels. And that's when the blood pack basically just is almost entirely killed off. Like you lose that yeah. guy priest before that in the club. He's the first one to go. And that's all that's very gnarly what happens to him. Like Oh, very um, cool. It is very cool. He gets fucked up. Like he gets like, I mean, but then it's like we go back, we have they do an autopsy. They're like, we'll go into the tunnels and find them. And then like they're in there. And I'm thinking, like, that's why I really thought, okay, maybe slow down for a second. Because then Johnny Yen gets killed. Uh, that I one thing I will say. Very bad misuse of Donnie Yen. <laughs> like poor Donnie right. Yen should have had a better part. Um, John McFord did him right with all the stuff they gave him, but I'm like Donnie Yen gets like one cool kick, <laughs> and then and like, that's it. And, and then he he's the, goner. The gross thing where he puts the sword in the guy's stomach, and then that guy pulls himself up and like basically castrates himself. <laughs> but yeah, Donnie Yen. And then he gets killed unceremoniously by Lighthammer, who did the very stereotypical like I'm gonna hide my bite from everyone so they won't know that I'm you know. Uh, right. And then they all start dying very quickly. It's, it's like it's fast um, because the only ones that are left. We got the tunnel are Ron Perlman and Nisa and it's it. Yeah. Everybody else is dead. So, yeah, they're, they like, again, people, I can't believe I'm saying this. They might be too. They, they might need to be a longer movie. They almost run. No, it. I'm and I. It's not often <laughs> I would say it either. Yes, because like like the stuff with this vampire nation. And uh, Demoskinos, like, what is their relationship to the council that we saw in the first one? Right. Good question. Like, what is the governance here? <laughs> it's a different thing because it's in Europe. You know, I have all these questions. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, we and hey, as we've seen with John, the John Wick franchise, you can give, you can build a whole world for people and have them understand. And you don't have to, it doesn't take a lot of exposition. Right. It's possible, you know, but yeah, I felt like I wanted <laughs> a little more, a meat. little more. <laughs> yeah. A little more explanation, a little more time with the blood pack. Like, cause they're yeah. all introduced given names. I mean, that is a great scene. I do love when he yes. first meets them because there's clearly a tension there because they were formed to hunt Blade. Now he's standing right in front of them. Now they're working together. Really having fun in that scene with Ron Perlman. Yes. Ron Perlman's like being yeah. like, straight up racist to him with the, the can you blush thing. And oh, then, gross. I know. And then he just starts like fucking with him. And he's like, come on, come on. And then like, yeah, like he does that great. It's like a gif I love with like, ooh, so exciting. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, like, and he's just. No, having... yeah, it's a great scene. I think immediately after that too, he's talking to Scott and Whistler and it's like, one of them's like, what do you think? Uh, what do you think they're gonna do? It's like, oh, they're gonna fuck us the first chance they get. <laughs> like, like, there's this tension of like one of these groups is, or they're both trying to like get up one up on each other, basically. Yeah. Um, and oh, and then he puts the the the, the bomb in the back of Ron Perlman's head, and he just I love he so plainly is like, now you have a uh explosive device attached to the back of your head, <laughs> like, just you know, just telling it like it is. Um, <laughs> okay, 
Blade Hair Watch. Rom Perlman's <laughs> facial hair attached to the one little strip of yeah. hair that goes all the way around his head. Uh-huh. That's crazy. <laughs> it's a real choice. Um, it's a choice. I don't know whose decision that was, but it's weird. Um, I, I do love, I, I think like, I don't know, like one of the better sequences <laughs> in all the blade movies is when they go into the, another club scene, but, but a little different, like weird body modification going on. People, the like, house just, of pain, the house of pain. <laughs> it's great. And they walk in, in slow motion to that really awesome massive attack most deaf song um eye against eye i think yeah like it's love it's, it listen i love it anytime you get cool people walking in slow motion to a cool song i'm in and like the whole that whole and then there's so much del toro does a great job cross-cutting that sequence because there's yeah. like i don't know like six different things going on that were bouncing between like there's blade and nisa there's um ron perlman in the club there's norm Reedus outside there's like priest is off. I think that's when he's like, but he, they, there's just so much going on. I feel like that was like a great job cutting between all that stuff. And I don't yeah. feel like you're kind of like lost and like you understand what's happening with everybody. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. No, of No, like I going... agree. There's yeah. a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of players on the board all at once in different spots. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't ever feel confusing. And I, I always kind of feel like I know where we are and right. and how the sequence of events fits together. I agree. Which is very it's hard to pull sequence. off. Like, it's very, uh, that's tough to do. And do you know we almost had a Michael Jackson cameo in that part? No. <laughs> I remember, God, I think Wesley Snipes was saying in the commentary. Oh, no. That they almost, I guess he knew Michael Jackson, and they almost had him for a cameo when blades opening those like doors and stuff when they're searching that the idea uh -huh. was he was going to open one of those doors and it was going to be Michael Jackson as a vampire doing, you know, whatever weird vampire shit. And like, apparently <laughs> like, I think Michael Jackson just like, couldn't make it like schedule wise. He couldn't make it work out when they were shooting that. So it was very close to happen. I'm glad it didn't work it out. It would have been really distracting. Like it would have been very, very distracting. Very um, distracting. It it would just completely kill the whole mood. There's so much tension in that scene too. Yeah, it would kill yes. any tension. Well, like everything. Like when they're walking up towards the club, and you you really like Blade's about to go into this vampire club. Mm -hmm. This is a room full of vampires that he would normally hunt, and they would normally want to kill the Daywalker. And his only backup is the blood pack that were trained to hunt him. Right. <laughs> all this tension. You walk in and we see all those surgical instruments when you walk into the club, like, come on. <laughs> and then, you know, walking through the club and, the, you know, you can see all the tension between the members and they're outnumbered and you start to see the Reapers and it's, it's all building and building and building. If it was building and building and building and then someone opens a closet or something and out pops Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that always, I was like, thank God that didn't happen because that would have been so just weird and take you out of the whole thing. Um, I mean, it's not like it was close though. It just sounded like he just couldn't make it, but they had it ready, but whew, that would have been weird. Um, and oh God, that <laughs> stuff in the club is so good with like blade and Ron Perlman. They will have like their laser sights 
on each other. Yeah. Like Ron Perlman thinks he has him and he already has him. Like this is Blade 2 is great with Blade like has like this might I love about Batman too. Like he has like contingencies upon contingencies. Yes. Like he always has like backup plans in place. He's always like thinking one step ahead for the most part. Like and there's a lot of that in Blade 2 where it's like they think they have him and it's like no, nope, nope. you don't you don't have him. Like um and I I'll, I'm jumping ahead. But yeah, it's like that whole thing. But um but yeah, I mean, the club scene happened, which is a great sequence. Like that whole scene is so well put together. Um and we finally see the Reapers like fully reveal their oh my god disgusting horrifying so foul i remember people screamed in the theater because like they've been holding back (laughs) like you got like glimpses a little bit right like when that thing fully un like you know i don't know what you would call it comes undone and he the way it bites him and it's It's gross they do do a cgi one apparently the one that bites priest was supposed to be just practical effect but it, it's kind mm. of CGI. I think it's all CGI. So they cut, then but they cut immediately to Lighthammer being attacked. Oh, that's the other thing that's happening is Lighthammer's thing. He's being attacked, and that one's fully practical. And he has those gross little right. like, bags or like the lung sacks on his back. And it's like, oh, so gross. it's gross. Like, it's so gross. Like, but it's so cool. Like, at the same time, it's so good. Um, yeah. That reveals, like, Jesus Christ, these things are like, they do a good job making these things feel like these are very different and very dangerous. Like, no, it's perfect. <laughs> what would scare the vampires? Right. These like crackhead, <laughs> like monster vampires. I, I love that we get both. We get like classical old vampires and we get like gross, gnarly monster, mutated vampires. monster yeah. <laughs> vampire, like new Better. species. This, yeah, yeah. it's, <laughs> So good. That's I, and that's, we're continuing with this theme of of this being science and not supernatural. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's you know it's the DNA, it's a mutation, and then we get the big reveal of the conspiracy to engineer, right? <laughs> a new strain of a new strain. So yeah. all very cool. How that you know we're we're still on that continuum of of the science versus the supernatural. In, a, in like a progression that I think makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like as technology got better, you would think, yeah, there would definitely be a vampire or two that would think about like, can we genetically modify and get rid of the weaknesses? Like that makes sense to me. Right. Because humans, humans do it. <laughs> yeah. Someone's out there trying to clone some shit and, <laughs> and gene splicing <laughs> and God knows what else. I think they even say we were trying to be like you to Blade. Like we're trying to be like yeah. daywalkers, basically. Um, I think Norman Rita says that too when he uh if I say spoilers, but when he turns on on Blade, he's like, They're all gonna be daywalkers soon. I'd rather be uh, a pet than cattle or something. Um I mean it, he's got a point. He does have a point. Like, um, because yeah, I mean, depending on what vampire story you watch, being a familiar Sometimes doesn't seem that bad. Sometimes seems like really shitty, but it's like, you know, it's like, it depends on who your master is, I guess. But, uh, um, yes, that, what did you think of that reveal? Because that, I know it got me the first time with Noritas. It got me the first time. I was, I I was, yeah. (laughs) Now that I've seen it a bunch of times. And like I said, watching it back to back right after blade and feeling a little more critical. then i was like oh yeah i mean you see that coming from a mile away right you know it's funny i still feel like but i didn't the first time <laughs> yeah i still feel like i don't think it's that 
obvious. There's a I just know there's some things that like Del Toro talked about in the commentary. It's a really good shot. Like when they're gearing up to go in the tunnels, there's a scene where Blade is talking to Whistler. They're in the, the foreground and the blocking has Scud in the background right over Blade's shoulder. And it's when Blade says, keep your friends closer, enemies closer, which was like a, de- a deliberate choice about Del Toro. Well, now you see that you're like, oh, and then I think there was one other thing I picked up on a day where I was like, okay, that's kind of a hint. But I, it was like something that Scott was there, like trying there's to There's like, some hinting. There's some foreshadowing. Yeah. Just kind of seemed but, like. But yeah. it wasn't obvious the first time. Right, right. <laughs> it's on subsequent viewings that then I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can see. <laughs> but I will say that still works. Because yeah. Blade had already figured it out, too. Mm-hmm. Right, like oh, Blade is boy, not. I love that. Blade moment. is yeah. not caught off guard. Blade <laughs> had already figured it out. Mm-hmm. So then we get to feel smart, like Blade. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, and then we get the driest explosion of a person I've ever seen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, was Scud made of concrete? He blows up. I, I even, know. Somebody on the commentary was like, I don't know why it's dry <laughs> like he blows up like he's made of rubble but uh it's i mean it looks yeah good it kind of reminded me of like movies where someone you know that <laughs> where they get someone with the where they like, they freeze the body and then someone hits it with a hammer or something yes. and then, like yeah, explodes with chunks of ice that's what it looks like and chunks of like what he's a person <laughs> but uh yeah it would like god that's so great with blades like i've been on decent to turn to you and it's not uh it's not a dud. It's not, you know, it's not a. Yeah. A, and it blows. It's just like, oh, shit. And it blows up. It's a good time. It's like he's ahead. He can't pull one over on Blade. It's like he's going to get you. Um, Here's a question, because I've never listened to the commentary. <laughs> Did they talk about why Scud is always watching the Powerpuff Girls? They do. They do. <laughs> Funny enough. They have. Oh, my stories. God. Tell me. They have stories about that and why he eats Krispy Kreme. So apparently. They wanted him to be watching, I think, Speed Racer. They just wanted him okay. to watch some kind of cartoon because they were like, he's a stoner. He just wants to watch sure. cartoons. And I think they wanted watching Speed Racer and they couldn't get the rights. So they literally, I think, just looked at what like they could easily cheaply get the rights to. And then with Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> like, well, I love the Powerpuff Girls. So it I, delights me. Me and to my sister end. loved them, too, when that. Like, like probably 97 or 98, whenever that was on, we loved yeah. it. It was just, yeah, they wanted watching some cartoon, I remember, and they couldn't get the rights to whatever it was they wanted. And they were like, Powerpuff Girl, sure. And they wanted him to be eating something else. And I can't remember what it was, but they just had, they got Krispy Kreme. I can't remember what the, the snack they wanted him to eat originally well, Krispy was. Krispy Kreme donuts are delicious, so. Yes, I agree, 100%. Uh, so... It's a great <laughs> snack for when you're watching Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> So I do remember those things in the commentary. Like I could probably okay. answer most of your Thank commentary you. questions. <laughs> um, uh, trying to think what else. So, oh, and see another, see another good example. I feel like of like it's not as much cross cutting as the club, but when they're in the tunnels, and that build mm-hmm. up to like, and there's different things going on. There's different groups like broken up, um, like Whistler's alone, which I always thought was a weird choice, like like a tactical choice for Blade to send Whistler alone with a yeah. two. Two of the shittiest guys on that squad, like maybe the oh, two shittiest, yeah. I think. Like, I'm like, did you want Whistler to get beat up? <laughs> like, well, yeah, why are you doing that? Yeah, uh, whatever. It's fine. Yeah, one of those weird things. Where I'm like, why? Um, but then, I mean, so yeah, everyone gets wiped out. But then, couple, God, parts I love when when Blade sends Nisa away, he's about to like pop a like light grenade, and he does like the countdown. 
which even him counting down sounds cool. And like he does the sword thing and puts in the water and pulls it up. And then that's a great visual with like the vampires jumping out and he's like cuts them and the lights going off. Like I think that was incredible. Del Toro was talking about a lot of stuff where he was like taking inspiration from like comic books and like art and old samurai movies. And I feel like that one he said was like some old samurai movie. I can't remember what it was, but like, it was definitely influenced by something, but it looks really cool. <laughs> and then, oh my God, <laughs> when they meet up, it's like Ron Perlman, Blade, Nisa, they all meet up in the middle. And then Blade's like, you guys go that and way. And they're all them. back to back. Back to back. He takes the yeah. pheromones and then you get the great, <laughs> you do not know who you are fucking with, line, which I always remember was like censored to be like, you don't know who you're messing with in the trailer. And then I was like, oh. Uh, and then, yeah. And then goes and, the bomb thing which also looks great which i remember Totoro was like oh this is like the this is like after pompeii i was like i see his point <laughs> like the charred bodies and all yes stuff. very operatic like um how it goes off it's just god damn it there's so much cool stuff and then the whole Blade, sequence that setting the yeah the it, everything about it the <laughs> you know fighting in confined spaces the people go in different tunnels so they don't know what's going on in the other shot like it's just it's incredible. And yes, so cool. all of those inspirations and the way that <laughs> Del Toro puts them together. It's just, it's beautiful. So good. Uh, I yeah, just then... wish that I cared more. <laughs> About the blood pack or just in general? Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That these people died. They're very disposable. I mean, I guess, I don't know. But... You know, it's always so much time to introduce and give backstory. To like it's true. Six or seven new characters. Like but... we said, 15 minutes. Yeah, you could have done a little more, a little but, more. Like, uh, I, I mean, then Blade gets taken out the same way you take in the first movie where they use like cattle prods or like electricity. I mean, it works, right? Yeah. And then he has to give Nisa blood, which is like the yeah. reverse of his first movie. But I remember, <laughs> this always makes me laugh. Well, he types in the commentary, I'll never forget. He's basically just making jokes all the time. He's like, oh, finally, Blade gets some action in Blade 2. <laughs> he's like, he's like, Blade gets a wrist job in Blade 2. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like, I guess he he wanted more of a romantic thing for Blade. And there is more of a romantic thing between him and Nisa, but it's not like... Yeah. It's not super... I don't know. It's still not like a full-on, like, romance romance. Romance. But there's some right. stuff there. Um, But, uh, I mean, then... It's a, the... cool, it's a cool turn for his character, too. Kind of the development of the character mm -hmm. for... Again, like... The... The genius of this casting is that Wesley Snipes has that ability to sell us on being a badass and all those fight scenes. And then he's a great actor. So he can have these scenes and he sells to us that Blade would put aside his contempt for vampires and save Nisa's life. Yeah. Like he actually like feels things for a vampire, which I think. Right. Yeah. And 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 she she points out after he had saved her earlier that, you know, he's honorable, mm -hmm. you know, and that fits in with who blade is, right, even though right. he's, he is on this mission to eradicate vampires that he entered into this Alliance and he's prepared for them trying to screw him over. But he also does have this sense of responsibility and he's able to see past her, being a vampire and see her as someone that he is partnered with. 
That's really yeah. cool. It's a cool development of the character. And then sadly she dies. It's like and they turn yes. into dust. It's like But oh. it's a very it's a very like poetic death. Like it's, it is. She wants it's... to die a vampire. She doesn't want to die a reaper. And he mm -hmm. takes her out into the sun. I you know, <laughs> it's kind of romantic, you know. I think they make it's that joke romantic. In the it's like yeah, it's like an I think she's looking at him too when she turns into dust. But um but I you mentioned the fights. I think I gotta add this is my, oh my god, this part in two. It's like gets me so hyped when like Blade's comeback moment when he falls into that pool of blood yeah! and comes back out and you get the awesome uh god name of the game i think crystal method song it's like uh <laughs> yeah. motherfucker like, it's like yeah, yeah, that yeah, song yeah. kicks in and i think that's the closest they got to like matching the energy of the club scene in the first movie is that fight scene because the song is so good and he's like just fucking those guys up and like when he jams like one of the sticks and one of the guys through the guy's helmet like he like stomps yeah. that guy's helmet he does a fucking like wrestling suplex at the end to yes! end it and then just and then he just pops up like he just like pops straight up um that fight scene is so good it's like, a great like, sequence I, like, watching it's that really going cool. if you didn't have Wesley Snipes it's be very different because I see him yes. through so much of that fight he's doing so much of that fight um and yeah it's so good and then the way he gets rid of Ron Perlman finally it's like a giant piece of shit in the movie <laughs> so just cuts him straight in half like I love so it good. And then oh, I think he gets a line back on him. It's like, can you blush? And then cuts him in half. It's like, mm. like that's it's so good. Um, I didn't feel bad. We didn't mention the bad guy in the movie the whole time. Well, I guess not really the bad guy, bad guy. Nomac, the adversary for. Yeah. Yeah. I do, do you think it's interesting where they were like, OK, so Frost was like a very like if he's like a Lex Luthor, he's not that he's like if he's like a business type bad guy, he's like a he's not like a physical threat. But like in yes. two, they really wanted to have like a physical threat to Blade. And I feel like they do a good job, especially in like the first fight scene they have in that like church where Blade's yeah, on that catwalk. They're walking the on that. Oh, also a great yes. fight scene. And Blade kind of gets his ass kicked a little bit. Like he's definitely getting. He does. And that realization that all of his new weapons, and... all of his yeah. old weapons, none of that shit works. Yeah, none of just it works. Sunlight basically is just sunlight. All they have. Um, That's great. Yeah, just a good fight. And then love at the end, like he gets beat, but he's like, he like shakes his coat, kind of like whatever. Like I didn't really like, like okay, fuck you. Like he's like it's he's like taking the threat seriously, but he's like I'm still here, still one. Um, so I do appreciate they went the opposite way with that. They're like, okay, well we had Frost, who's like kind of a weenie in a way, <laughs> like until he's Lamagra. Like if Blake got his hands on Frost like any earlier. And it was like one-on-one yeah. -on -one fair fight. It'd be it's, over. Oh, very, very quickly. quickly. So yeah, then Nomad comes in and just like, okay, this is a better pairing from that perspective. Um, I guess he's not, I mean, he is the bad guy, but it feels like the real bad guy is really still Damaskinos because he enjoyed yes, this whole the thing. Yes, the real, and I like this, the shades of gray here. Mm -hmm. Because in some regards, Blade and Nomak have in common Mm -hmm. that they belong to no that they that they don't belong to any world 100 percent. blade could never just live as a regular human right right and he could never fully be embraced with the vampires even if he wanted to be which he doesn't so it works out <laughs> yeah <laughs> nomak same deal it's like he's been they made him this way and he he definitely 
can't fit in with the humans because right. you know his face comes apart <laughs> tough to fit in when that happens and he could never be accepted by vampires so they actually have a lot in common and it's kind of cool in the final showdown it's like yeah this has to be a death match you can't both live Right, but I right. do, you do get that feeling of that there's almost like a respect, like yes. an acknowledgement, mm -hmm. which I think is very cool. Yeah. And, and, uh, Nomak runs into well, Whistler in the tunnel and lets him live. Yeah. He's like, you need to go deliver a message. So it's like, you're like, oh, maybe he's not so bad. <laughs> and like, cause they have the, there's a lot of talk in about like, oh, the enemy, my enemy is my friend or whatever. Or is that true? Or is it just who's, who's your enemy? Who's your friend? Who can you trust? Um, which goes back to Nomad too. So um, there's a lot of that. I mean, I just think I, it's funny, like I haven't watched the back to back, but I feel like they would play very differently in a way, besides some of the things I mentioned, they're exactly the same. <laughs> like, um, but just because they go more horror in the second one, the yes. villain's pretty different. The look is very different, obviously with Totoro directing. Um, you know, I just feel like there'd be enough to feel like you're not watching the same movie. <laughs> you know, you're back definitely back. not. Yeah. You're definitely not. And, you know, the the wonderful thing that does track and tie them together is Wesley's Leipzig's Blade. I mean, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> he's amazing. So but yes, they are. It is the tone is, is a little different. Um, the style of the storytelling. Different. There's a lot of differences and watching mm -hmm. them back to back this, this go around, it really hit me mm -hmm. all of the ways that they're different. But again, like Del Toro's style and what he brings to the second one, I think makes it a really fun movie, a really beautiful movie. I have my little nitpicky things, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's and very I, cool. Yeah, I and very different from the first one, yeah. but <laughs> but a worthy sequel. <laughs> a worthy um, sequel. Yes, and then there was no more. It was only <laughs> <laughs> glad. No, I'm sure that the, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there are some <laughs> listeners who are saying, oh. "Are they really not going to talk about Trinity?" Nope. No, <laughs> I will say. A few minor things about Trinity because there'll never be an episode on it. Okay. Uh, I'm not talking about it here. Uh, one of the biggest disappointments of my movie going life was play Trinity. Skip <laughs> school. I skipped school. <laughs> I'll never forget it was December, which my, my first red flag of like December seems like a weird time to release a Blade movie. Um, right. Like you think the latest would be like October. Like you could do October, do the summer, maybe the spring. A lot of December just seems weird. That's a weird time for Blade Out. Like, that's bad. Um, that's weird. I think the trailers look different. So I, I had hope. And I go in and it's like me and my friend, the only people in the theater, because we skip school when at like 10 o'clock in the morning on some weekday. And I remember just being it just like as it went on longer and longer, being more and more like just despondent of like, oh, I don't like Bumped. this. Waiting for it to get better. I think it actually gets worse. It goes along because there's like some decent of the Yenny, but like, oh, I, I, I mean, we bring Whistler back in the second one to kill him off again in the third one. Like, God damn it. <laughs> it's like, can you just leave well enough alone? And 
it's like Wesley Snipes is so checked out of Blade Trinity. That's like well documented. He's not even on that the set. to me was the nail in the coffin. Oh yeah. Cause that's... okay. I'm going to say this. I can't stand Ryan Reynolds. I, I don't dislike him as much as most people, but I don't, I, I can't stand him. In I Trinity. avoid him like the plague. <laughs> like <laughs> the plague. Uh huh. Jessica Beale, I feel like at that time, I was kind of mixed on her. Mm-hmm. So, so knowing, you know, those two being front and center was as like, if they had not had Wesley Snipes come back as Blade, I would not have gone to see this movie. Right. <laughs> the only reason I came back knowing that Ryan Reynolds was in this was that Wesley Snipes was back as Blade. I was willing to sit through Ryan Reynolds. Even in 04, and... you were like, I don't like this guy? Because I feel like I'd barely yeah. seen him up to that point. Okay. And even Wilder, and he was a comedy It, it guy. happened fast. It happened fast, yeah. friend. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was done with him It's funny to think fast. that he was just like, like he was just like a purely a comedy guy for that point and then he got like an amazing shape for this and like yeah. Angel horror the next year and people were like oh he's like gonna be an action guy now and he's still doing his ryan Reynolds shtick but it's like i forgot that he had to make that transition from like oh i'm just like funny guy to like oh i'm gonna be a serious action guy and i can't say i can't say him in this um i will give him i'll give him <laughs> i will give him this credit i feel like he is trying because i feel like he knows it's his like breakout shot so i feel like he's trying sure. to inject some life into it but i don't love what he's doing and then jessica beale's like i just don't like the character it's like the whole stupid like whistler's daughter thing oh surprise she's here and she does this i never some point this out how <laughs> stupid it is and she's like a vampire hunter fighter who like puts her like earbuds in before she fights and like you're gonna take one of your senses Friend, away. i don't remember any of these details <laughs> i've completely blocked I it out wish i could forget my friend i wish i could forget uh and there's a I didn't even rate this on Letterboxd. I didn't oh, even wow. rate it. <laughs> oh, and Parker Posey's having fun. But <laughs> the guy I that love got to Parker play... Posey. She's trying her darndest. Uh the... and the guy <laughs> that got to play Dracula was the guy from Prison Break. I don't remember his name. He kind of sucks. Like he should have like that was that's what I was so excited about. I was like, oh my god, it's Blade versus Dracula. It's all the uh, all this to say. Yeah. We're not going to say anything else about this movie. <laughs> Tr- Blade Trinity yeah. never happened. Oh, I do. I cannot stand it. Um, really, just so disappointing and so sad that David Goyer got his chance to direct and it went so badly. Um, I don't know how well would have gone if was his types was one hundred percent checked. You know, checked in because I mean most of it's like his stunt double, but uh, <laughs> like you know, I don't know what happened. But uh, it's I I know people like it. I've seen people on Twitter say they like it. I. And that's cool. I mean, everyone like what you like. I'm happy for you. Can't get on board. I don't understand. <laughs> can't stand and it. Different strokes for different folks. I, it is not a personal affront to me when someone doesn't like something I like or like something I don't. Because everyone has their own taste. It's an art form. It's subjective. Love Blade <laughs> Trinity all you want. Happy for you. You don't want to hear me talk about it. I promise you. Yeah, yeah. Just it's not going to be nice. Rough, it's not going to be nice. Stuff. So 
Yeah. All right. That's all. So, That's all. <laughs> so Film Feast has had three glorious years. The Blade franchise only had two movies. <laughs> oh, and there was a TV show that no one remembers on yeah. Spike TV that was not good from what I remember. <laughs> like, um, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone will tell me it's a hidden gem. I don't know. I, don't know. That I one never I watched it. Barely even watched it. Uh, you don't, Again, not Wesley Snipes' Blade. That's the first problem. <laughs> like, that's your first problem. And that's what I worry about with, um, uh, God, the, the new one with Mahershala Ali. I just like it. Mahershala who's a great actor. Yeah. And I hate to be like, because the, 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 the casting's so good of Wesley Snipes. It's like, I can't even imagine. It's hard. Anybody it's else very hard. Off. So that's why I feel bad. I'm like, I'm not giving. I'm gonna if give it someone, a chance. If someone was gonna do it, I would love to see Mahershala Ali be successful in that role. Yeah, I hope he's been. If trained. you if you had to get he's... someone else to do it, if yeah. you had to get someone else to do it, you know, he's a great choice. But yes, I mean Wesley Snipes is Blade. This is that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> I, I just hope he's been training. And uh, I hope he's ready whenever they finally shoot that movie. Maybe in the next 10 years. I'll if get it, it ever happens. The funny thing is, too, I, he's not super young. Like Marshall Lee's like, I believe in his like late 40s, early 50s. Maybe I'm wrong. Like he's older than I thought. He does look younger. I'll give him that. But like. Now you're making me curious now. I also I didn't I wasn't. Wesley Snipes, it's like he doesn't age. Yeah. So I I was trying to remember how old was Wesley Snipes when he made the Blade movies. I was and I didn't I go back. Answer. I didn't go back to check to do the math. I'm gonna do the math right now. Yeah, do it. <laughs> he was 36 for the first Blade. Okay. Yeah. And Mahershala Ali is literally turning 50 years old next year. So I don't no like right what his maybe he's in great amazing shape for a guy but like then i think to myself like is he learning all this martial arts is he training like he's gonna play right. blade for a long time like how long is he gonna play blade for if he's already just turned 50 like you know it's just i mean who knows it could you know i don't know what's gonna happen but it's uh i don't know who knows we'll if see. it even gets made if it even gets made but uh yeah i Love Blade and Blade 2. I think I made that very clear. Yes. I hope I articulated that besides just like, they're really fucking cool. <laughs> you did. I, was my I think you did. Statement was they're really cool. And I like. You were able to back it up. If I was grading your paper, I would <laughs> okay. give you high marks. Cool. Yeah. Real sucker for people in cool coats, shooting guns and using oh, yeah. swords. <laughs> like, uh, you know, that's why I like the Matrix too. There's a bunch of other examples. I, I was in so many examples. I was like, Wow, I really do just like movies with cool guys with guns. I'm very simple. When it comes I down like to a it, lot of this. I like a lot of this stuff too. Yeah, hard boiled, right. like most John Woo movies. We, Robocop, we talked about. That's a cool guy. John with Wick. We talked about John Wick. John Wick, another one. Yeah, I mean this. This is my genre. <laughs> so, um, I like yeah. it too, friends. Okay, good, good. I like it too. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this with me. This was like I couldn't think of a better thing to do for three <laughs> anniversary besides one of my two of my favorite movies. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, there was some other I was great... honored. Uh, well, <laughs> you've been, I love this. I love this franchise. You know, well, I love these <laughs> two movies. <laughs> I was going to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You love two movies in this franchise. I'm two with movies you. in this franchise. Yeah. And, and I love Film Feast. And you, you, my friend. Oh. And I'm so happy <laughs> to have gotten to know you 
through the podcast and to be able to celebrate your three years on this episode. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's like I've met you and so many other great people doing this. Like uh, you've been like one of the best, most like or consistent, just best guests. Like and, you know, now we're friends and we talk all the time. Like all these people, I feel like, like these people that like I didn't even have Twitter like four years ago. Or I had Twitter and use it. And now, like, within a few years, I've met all you, you and great people. And it's like, it's crazy. I'm sad Twitter's kind of feels like it's dying. But it's like, it's okay. I've made the friendships. And uh, hopefully they'll continue when Twitter <laughs> stinks to the ground. This is the power of podcasting. This is true. This is true. So, uh, well, thank you. I mean, it's been, I can't believe it's been three years. It went by so fast. It's been, <laughs> it's like, um, done so much in three years. Like, it's just, it's just wild. So, um, and you're going to take a little break, yeah. maybe. No, you're really going to have, okay. I will lay it out again. One episode in October. I have an episode <laughs> planned for October. It's a big like franchise type thing. Um, so one like spooky season episode. And nice. then this was like a pre spooky season. It kind of works because it's like blade uh, vampires. And, you know, and then I don't think I have any plans for November, but then I plan to jump back in December and start doing like, the discoveries episode yeah end of um, the year wrap end up of the year kind of stuff, stuff best of the 2023 um all that kind of stuff so i will be back i'm yeah. just, like here's to three years and many more thank you thank you <laughs> but a little break a little little break <laughs> yeah i think uh i think i'm already feeling like i'm starting to recharge so i feel like by the time i nice. fully come back like december i'll be like I think I'm I'm back, but yeah, I just I'm enjoying the brave. I have a lot going on right now. Otherwise, you'll like, be I like Blade coming out of the blood pool, <laughs> energized. Oh my god, yes! If I ever looked even a <laughs> like a small percentage of that cool, that'd be the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. Oh, uh, <laughs> this was a YouTube channel. I'd find some way to shoot that and be my intro to come back. <laughs> <laughs> but I and also I'll be on other podcasts. It's not like I people will hear me. I'm gonna be on cobwebs, I'm sure. Oh I'm yeah. gonna be on Lindsay's podcast, Shock and Awe at some point. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna be on Lexi's podcast soon. I don't know when it's gonna happen. Like I just I have all these it's still nice that all these friends of ours like will have me on their podcast, even when I'm like taking a break from my podcast. So yeah. I'll be around. Um so yeah, I'm excited. So I think you and I are podcasting. Well, I think we're doing one in October now, and I think we're doing one in November for Daniel's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Preston too will be there, I think. So, um, I won't say what, but I'm excited. <laughs> so, no, it, it'll be a surprise for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of podcasting still going on, just, you know, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much. You've been like, you're like a film feast all stars. So, I mean, oh, like, thank you, you know, friends. Who, who, who else could I invite? I mean, I have so many friends. I could have had everybody. I thought about one point. I'm going to just open it and say everybody. <laughs> but I was like, I could have like 15 people on the podcast and I would. And not a know six how hour to... podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's already went three, which is two of us. I don't know how I even control like chaos of 15 <laughs> plus people or how many people would be. So apologies to everybody. Thank you. Everyone's been a part of this for three years. Seriously. Uh, whether you were on like one episode or 10, uh, everyone who's listened. Um, it's crazy. I, I can't even believe sometimes i look at like numbers and like where pe people are listening to other countries i'm like it's like just a random thing i started people actually listen to it so it is it has been uh very fun so far so um more to come but yeah a little break in between <laughs> but i had to do one for three anniversary so you thanks everybody. 
yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't miss it. It was, and it was so perfect too. It's like day and date on a Monday. We put things out on a Monday now. I'm like, okay, come on. It's like the stars aligned. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thanks everybody so much for listening. Carmel, you want to plug anything before we wrap up? I don't... Yeah, I will just say there's some things coming up because I mean, you know, I, I do a little podcasting throughout the year, but spooky season. Oh yeah. <laughs> Halloween coming up. You know, I've always, I've always got some things happening. Folks are so gracious to ask me. So you can follow me on Twitter. So long as it's free, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. so on Twitter. They charge a nickel. I'm out. Like, you, can't, <laughs> you won't even get five cents from me, Elon. I'm on Letterboxd. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on Blue Sky. I'm not doing much with it. But again, if that's my free option, I don't know what to tell you. We'll we'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm hanging on though. I'm hanging on. I'm on Twitter. Yeah. Same handle for everything at Carmelita says. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're all gonna hang on to Twitter until the bitter end. And the, the bitter, bitter end, end. Would be the, the bitter end, I think, really would be charging people because then it's just Absolutely not. Not paying for it. I'm not, doing, <laughs> I'm like, not doing that. There'll be other, I mean, there's other stuff. There's, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Blue Sky, even Letterboxd, you know, we, we, you know, we have a Discord. Like, we can, like, talk to each other in there. So, there, thank God there's other ways to communicate. <laughs> but um, we'll see. Who knows? I think that that idea about charging people for Twitter, for e- charging everybody, is, like, such a disastrous plan. I uh, think that that would not work. You have to unless, unless your goal is to tank the site completely. Right. If that is the goal, then A plus. Right, then great. that would be the way to do it. But if you don't want to tank the site, maybe don't do that. It's a so, bad idea. I mean, yeah, I should plug some other stuff. So I'm still on Twitter. Uh, I feel like the orchestra <laughs> is starting to play and the ship's going down. But uh, uh, Maplet87 on there. Uh, Film Feast Pod still on there. I got to make a Film Feast account for Blue Sky because I am on Blue yeah. Sky. Yeah. Like, I'm not using it very much either. Like you said, I'm just, I have it like. It's the so contingency anyone... plan, just like Blade, Blade always has yes. a contingency plan. <laughs> Blue Sky. Uh, yeah, that's still Maplet 87. I think most of myself. I Letterbox. I never plugged that. Maplet 87. I got them all kind of aligned finally. Um, Instagram, Film Feast, all one word. I still have a joint threads. I don't even, like on Instagram. I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I hear threads is not that great, but you know. I'm not doing it. I don't blame you. There's too much. Um, and yeah, that's <laughs> that's all I got. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for celebrating three anniversary with us. Uh, and I will see you in October for a big franchise episode with a couple great guests. I won't say more than that. I'll keep it a surprise. But um, yeah, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.